And we're coming back in time. Oh, yeah. And baby. welcome back to the boys of the Golden Throne. That was sustained there, sir. <laughs> You know what they call them? Old Sustainable Tao. Old Sustainable Tao. I sound like a good crop or something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, sorry, listeners. We've been, uh, it's been a bit of a delay. Uh, I'm going to throw that mostly out to myself of going home to Ontario for two weeks. And after the deuce, we just couldn't life got in the way we couldn't record and then i went home to ontario so we are we're back it's been a delay but we are happy to get back to you and we've got a super huge monster show to dive into your ear holes so monster Teo, show. Teo, what are we doing with this monster show? show well 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 first of all we're going to talk about what we've been doing lately boys some hobby it's shame been- I'll be shame. Uh, to be honest, we probably, I don't think any of us got a whole lot done. We're a little bit burnt out after that. Uh, yeah, th- we, th- I think we all got some stuff done, but not, uh, it, from the looks of it, it's, it's, it's geared down a little bit since the, the rush towards the deuce. Yeah, so uh, we got some of that that we're going to be talking about the big deuce itself. Of course. Got to do our uh, review. Fu- you do our review. We got we had it's it's a lot to talk about. It was a it was a big event. A lot of new things. Not a lot of new things to think about. New dudes to to dream about. Yeah, you know, new new boy, new heresy boyfriends to talk to. BFFs. BFFs. New BFFs. Yeah, some store. Uh, we have like the, uh, the progress of what our shames were at the. Hey, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and the reasoning. I'm still rocking my shame. Yes, I'm very much looking forward to hearing about this, but I think we will we'll save that for the hobby and shame. Oh yeah, section. Uh, we have a little interview we did with Will Frank about Road to War Games Camp and the for that. Yes, we. Uh, I got together with Will and we are talking all about the amazing. 30k narrative uh, campaign that he has put together for War Games Camp and our AT event that uh, I'll be running at War Games Camp is going to be directly tied into that. So 
the Titan, all the Legios are going to be hitting the field after the 30K event, and it's all going to have, um, you know, it's all going to be able to tie in together. So I'm, I'm very excited Ooh. about that one. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> yes, Teo. <laughs> uh, and then we'll be doing our regular landing of the pig. Of course. Close out the but show. Stay tuned for a little... Uh, there's the after dark. Yes, oh. Friday of uh, the Deuce, we uh, oh, we had a little get together and uh, did a little Heresy After Dark. So I, you know, uh, I've listened to some I'm, of it. I, I I'm just getting some this. memories about that. I do remember one point thing because I came sliding out of your hallway because you guys were talking about something. Yeah, there. No, well, I I listened to it and I was like, okay, we can put this out. Because the first, like we we've technically done three Heresy After Darks. We've done the very first one, which was at Kipper's, which is never going to see the light of day because really? it is. Oh man, it's it's <laughs> so so like we are just messed. Oh, like yeah, it is, right. it's Sorry, bad. In the hotel room. Yeah, it's like oh. no one wants oh, to hear yeah, that. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. No one wants to hear that. Then the Heresy Camp one, which like is listenable, but it's it's in a big hall, so you can't hear as much. This one is actually like we did pretty good, even with having so yeah. many guys in the room. Like it well, sounds good, so, so or at least it sounds set, good for a Heresy set, After Dark. We set uh, guidelines and and per, per used our professionalism to uh, really come through on that <laughs> Professional. one. Professional wisdom to distone uh, the it was the drinking whiskey bottle. That's yeah, how we exactly. we did it. Well, stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned for that. Talking whiskey. <laughs> the talking whiskey. The talking whiskey. So yeah, big show, big show today. We've been out, but we uh, we've got lots for you, and uh, yeah. So I guess let's kick it over to some hobby and shame progress. Our tutor, who art in Nottingham, Duncan, be thy name. Our paints be thinned, our layers be smooth, on plastic as it is on resin. Give us this day our daily tip, and forgive us our poor edge highlighting. As we forgive those who bring unpainted armies, lead us not into math hammer, but fully closed armies. All praise Nalnoil. And welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Little Mel. Ta-ta! Or you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're back. Here to talk we about some back. hobby and shame progress. So uh, um, I think this one's going to be pretty short for us because, as we mentioned before, you know, a little taking a bit of a breather after uh, the ramp up for the deuce. But uh, it's been nice. it has been nice. Really nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll kick it off here first. So um, starting off, I think the, the major thing that I did after the deuce was just putting the Otter Den back together. It took me almost like two days, I think, to go through everything because I'm obviously super OCD and wanted to like sort everything and get all the missions all properly done, but you know, terrain all put away and just putting everything back together. Uh, I did do a little bit of painting and I started to paint my Cromlech demon, which I should have pulled out for you, John. It's over there. Um, I'll, I'll pull it out here in a second and show you later, but, uh, basically got all the, um, 
the main washes on on them. I just now need to do like the detail work and like the gross stuff. So cool. they're kind of, those big demons are going pretty quick. I think the next one I'll do is uh, Corbax and have to start working on the bases. But I'm now like post my little vacation in Ontario, feeling the the burn for getting this stuff done for Heresy Camp. Um, I did read um, Master Mankind while I was in Ontario. Oh, did you? Yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't- Wow, you haven't actually read that yet, eh? No, it, huh. I, I basically knew a lot. Would you Spoiled know? I, good, it'd eh? been spoiled, but yeah, it was oh, amazing. Yeah, you me and I texted John when I was in Ontario about the ending, which I won't spoil here. But I had to be like, like, what the fuck's what, what happened here? And like, it's a little. It's one of those like, all right. It's like dick. Oh, yeah. Add this to another dick move by the emperor but of the also heresy. Also, like convoluted space magic, where you're like, uh, I don't really know what happened there. So you got to go online. And no matter who you are, you had to look up what that ending exactly was. happened. Like I thought I got. I, I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is what I got out of it. But I, I still needed to talk to you and be like, did I get this right? Yeah. Like, but uh, yeah, awesome book. I uh, started to read uh, the Crimson King. So I'm about like a. About a hundred pages into that right now, um, and then I've been just working on the player pack for the Adeptus Titanicus for uh, War Games Camp that I have sent over to Will to give his little blessing and review on it. And then um, the other thing I've been doing is prepping. Um, what is that going to be? It's going to be fifteen hundred. Okay. Yeah, we're just going to keep them you know smaller try to it's a lot of these guys will still be it'll be like their first event so yeah. kind of we're also doing it on the last day uh, or well on the saturday sunday's usually just for open gaming and, and whatnot but um it's going to be kind of from lunch to into the evening so just do three rounds keep it easy you know by sunday people are going to be or by Saturday, people are going to be no, feeling that's, that's it, you know? That's cool. I, I feel like Titanic is, is still in a state for a lot of people. It's like 1,500 points is kind of a decent start. Yeah. Going up to 2,000, you got to have a lot painted, so. Right. And the the one thing you'll you'll hear about this in uh, my interview with, with Will is um, – is this really cool concept that he's put into the 30k event about uh, resource war and where we've had a lot of chats about how we can tie in his event to directly relate to the adeptus titanicus event so it's basically you know after the 30k event you know the forces all locked together and they're like okay we need to bring out the big guns and they bring in their their legio allies mm-hmm. to try to That's break cool. the deadlock so yeah i'm really looking forward to uh running that with uh with will and just being uh you know f- laying out everything that i need to do between now and uh and war games camp so that's going to be the big push uh for me uh who wants to go next here boys i can go yeah i want to hear i want to hear about your your shame here so what people can't see is that teo still has his frosted tips from the deuce and and it's been like the thing uh, is is that they worked out way better than any of us like <laughs> i should have made the stipulation because when when i made this whole thing teo had short hair so the whole idea was like my mind was like some guy fieri ass frosted <laughs> tips but instead teo just like grew out his hair so it like instead of looking like guy fieri more just looked like a Semi boy band like heartthrob. Yeah. <laughs> Semi boy band heartthrob. <laughs> like 
Which like, part is the semi that he's like part of a boy band or that he's he's semi heartthrob for sure heartthrob but semi boy band but like has like a has like a, a hint of like the dad the dad from uh, Fresh Fresh Prince of Bel Air <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Phil <laughs> totally got the powerful voice and the fucking yeah. like yeah. well sorry I got some glasses and I'll tell you why it kind of goes together. Uh, Okay, yeah, you got the glasses, the the picture that you threw on. Okay, so oh, yeah, it's so, dark yeah. circle glasses, and it just it works. You can see the picture. You put it up on Facebook on your your Facebook page. I'm pretty sure Taya of you at the hot dog stand rocking out with your awesome new do. They're very like 80s oh yeah yeah British yeah hippie. Yeah, it is a kind of a 80s British hippie look. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So kind of what has happened is I kind of fell in love with it a little bit. <laughs> and like people are li- people are like giving me weird compliments about me about it. So I've like organized like to go to like an actual stylist and like fix it. You're going to go to a oh. stylist now. My hair is too long to go started. to like a barber. No, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. They just cut it down. They pull out the yeah. the trimmers just Yeah. So I'm going to actually go and get it all professionally done, and it might get dyed a different color. Ooh, like so, what kind of color? Um, I might be going silver. Ooh, silver fox. Just full yeah. silver or, like, just the tips? Uh, like a ch- black to silver. Black oh, to okay. silver. Ooh. I like it. Yeah. Mm. So essentially what happened inadvertently, John, you made me sexier. <laughs> so, okay. One thing I think that now you need to do, like if if and when you do cut the hair right off, yeah. I think you should like keep a Padawan braid for like a couple days. <laughs> or even if it not even a couple days, just do it for like do it for two minutes, just braid it and then send me a picture and I'll cherish it forever. <laughs> you can put a picture of me with a braided Padawan thing over your toilet. Well, exactly. I already have a Lando Teo, and now I can get a Jedi Teo or a, <laughs> or a Padawan Jedi Teo. No That's pretty good. I think it's an interesting uh, angle. It is, yeah. yeah. Eventually, yeah. as these things progress through the years, I'll just have a, a many different versions of Star Wars Teos. <laughs> I need to get super, super fast so you can have Jabba Teo. Jabateo. I was thinking, or, or like, I we need to get like John, John needs to get even more buff, and we put you in a little knapsack on his back, and you'd be Yoda Teo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so ridiculous. Yes. Painting more, you must do. But they're in the shape of these characters. Someone who's got Photoshop skills needs to get on this. I wish we were a bigger podcast so that we might. Truly, you know. Every time, every time (laughs) you say like someone has Photoshop skills, Eric just like does a face bomb. He's like, "Not me again!" God damn it! (laughs) I feel it seems like he's like um, feels beholden to it. So he's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, it's me. He just like starts. He's the hands. (laughs) He's the hands of the podcast. Eric, the hands, PB. All right, so Teo, tell us what you've actually been doing here with your hobby now that we've covered your 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 ongoing shame progress. Yeah, so um, I just finished building Q for my white scars. Uh, he's based off of the Praetor Tribune model. Yeah, which is like so he's got for, some yeah. of the yeah, uh, shape for white scars for sure. Yeah, he's got some of the shape ways uh, white scar shoulder. 
for Tartarus Terminators. Okay. Uh, then he's got one of the White Scars helmet. Then, because I have a game from Warlord Honor and it comes with a lot of extra bits, I've got to put some really cool, like, additional... Flare. So... <laughs> With it, I got, like, some really cool, like, uh, samurai and, like, these um, influence on all of the White Scars models I have. Cool. Which uh, add a little dimension. So, like, he's got um, above on his armor. It's essentially got, like, ornate stag horns, which I think is very fitting for White Scars. Yeah, totally. Well, it's, yeah, um, it's like the, the um, what's it called? It's hero and or honor and what's the game that you stole these bits from? Oh, uh, Test of Honor. Test of Honor, yeah. It's, like, perfect for White Scars, right, of just all that additional, like, samurai kind of flair and whatnot. Exactly. So um, uh, so he's looking really sweet. He's looking really cool. I don't, his base is a little bit more innate. He's got, like, some rubble. And then I actually have the, uh, MP, like the Emperor's Children banner that you get from Fulgrim. Okay, yeah. And so that's on the ground that the Praetor, the uh, guy's standing on. Yeah. Really? On the display base. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool, man. That's And And that's an homage to when, I think it's in the Scars book, when all the Primarchs are hanging out, and uh, the Khan just gives jabs to the Fulgrim. Yeah. (laughs) If we fought, I'd win. Yeah. And then uh, they... I heard you do strange things to your ships, and then the con goes, I hear you do strange things to your soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. He's like, he's like, oh, I'm an unknown, and you're entirely predictable because you're a fucking peacock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Fulgrim. So oh. I, uh, so the concept is, yeah, there's going to be a bunch of dead Empress children on the White Scars base. Nice. Well, uh, you, are you, now are they going to be Lavender Marines, or are they going to be regular ones? I don't know. Probably Lavender. I, would, I, I think you should go Lavender. Gosh. Absolutely. And so I got that character finished finish building my ten tacticals. So the big thing about the Marines uh, or the whole army is it's supposed to be a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more dimension to them because okay. I don't guys. So uh, every single is posed differently. There's no sim- There's similar poses. They're not static, and there's equal amount of. Um, Goran. Okay. Of, so of, I use some he, of, of Terran and Trigorin. Yeah. So I use some of the more in uh, heads, like open faced head to represent the Chigorin, mm-hmm. uh, to represent the Terran uh, with normal, the uh, Chigorin. I actually used a lot of the space wolf heads. Oh, really? Yeah. To give it a little bit more of a different dimension. So, cause uh, if you, in, in the fluff, um, Eventually, all the Terran go out, and it's just a Chagorin. But a lot of the Chagorin, the uh, Terran, really took to mentality really easily. Right. Well, that sounds mm-hmm. awesome. I, I love how much like uh, additional flair you're adding to these guys. They, it sounds like they're going to be a pretty uh, unique force on the tabletop. Look wise, yeah. exactly. So, like the other really cool things with the Test of Honor bit, I don't know if like. Uh, if Right, they have like their banners on their back. Yeah, banner. So I'm using those as my vexellas. Oh, nice! That's awesome. Yeah, and then I have a really that I'm going to use for. Be cool. 
For, sorry, we just we lost you there. What for what for a while? Oh, for a herald. Ah, okay, cool. Because yeah, so it's that it's a tall and skinny banner. It's not like a big waving banner. It's the more like narrow. I don't know if you've ever seen like Japanese banners. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be the banner for my herald. I've I think I've definitely seen um some. I'm reminded of some Tau. 40k armies that have done similar things with like those yeah, back banners and something that i've always thought 40k and 30k sort of was lacking was like a little bit of that samurai thing because i think samurai looked fucking really cool yeah so. man yeah cool so man. the whole army has a bit more so um like sergeant for the attack he had you know how like samurai armor the um almost layered pads yeah so yeah, the more like the leather the shoulders. So one of the the pants kind of has a similar look to it. So one of those plus the normal white scarf, just to give him a little bit more of that like flair, I guess. Ooh, well, uh, yeah, that <laughs> a little technical Skype difficulties there. Sorry about that. Yeah, so I was just saying that the uh, the my white scarf is just of an Asian flair to them. Uh, it looks really cool and dynamic because it came with a lot of extra katanas, no dachis, and stuff like that in the test of water bits. Yep. So all of them have like a, a chain sword as additional close combo open, but the Chigorans all have their uh, no dachis and stuff on them too. Cool. Oh, that's awesome, man! And that also determines the the trader or the Terrans and Chigorans. That's that's a nice the little si- touch. The size works, eh? Is it like do they seem like well a- because. It would be something they had when they were normal. Ah, uh, okay. So they'll be small for Space Marine, but they would be using them for bad other ornate at this right. point. Okay. Because, like, a chain sword is going to be ten times stronger than a katana. Yeah. This is a chain katana. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So they have them on them as just, like, an ornate thing, and, like, I, they would probably use dire emergency. Yeah, yeah. Go for the islands. That's what exactly. it's <laughs> Yeah, I'm probably mainly ritual or uh, yeah. A ritualistic yeah, kind of yeah. blade, yeah. Like, More ceremony yeah. kind of thing. Exactly, but it's on them to give that kind of uh, difference a little bit more. Accurate. It's like that uh, Celtic blade. What's that called? That guys wear, uh, we're wearing kilts. I oh, should yeah. totally know this, but it's like a ceremonial. No, it's on their leg usually, and it's like a ceremonial kind of blade, but Mm -hmm. same same kind of thing. Well, that sounds awesome, man. Definitely uh, looking forward to seeing some of these things in the flesh. Yeah, so I'm going to try to get them probably before the end of July. Mm -hmm. Um, on them, I just I I don't want to lay it and like I have before. And if I'm doing, I'm going to do like a model a day. Oh, okay. And slowly and go through them. Yeah, because the whole point was to like actually push myself painting-wise. Yes, I'm and very excited for this. Um, the other things, I've done some ordering for them, and I and I made the list, and I made the big idea. I uh, give a big shout-out to Vicente. Vicente! So on my birthday, I just posted up, like, hey, if anyone wants to throw me anything for your birthday, birthday like i've been told by like a therapist and a lot of people that i need to be more selfish and i actually ask for things okay and so i posted up on my facebook like hey if anyone feels anything for my birthday feel free 
So Vicente uh, messaged me and he sent me some money and he's just like, get whatever you want with this. So I have put money away and putting it in an order to get a Thunderhawk for the White Scars. Whoa. Crazy. Fucking Vicente. What a, what an absolute gem. What a champ. Um, yeah. He He gave me this big message about like, Hey man, he's just like, you seem very similar to how I am. And he's just like, I've been going to like, counseling and they tell me the exact same things you're being told which is uh just more things for yourself uh kind of worry a little, uh, about like making sure you're doing the right thing for other people sometimes it's better to make yourself happy before so you can be people. right now so he he kind of knew the situation i'm going in so he manned up and was a boss about it well we do love vicente here at this podcast uh, but I did also order myself something kind of extravagant and silly for my birthday. What's that? An eight foot tall, three foot wide space wolf banner. Yeah, I what? saw that. What? Yeah. Forgot about that. It's in the mail already. I'll, I'll, Where did I'll you get it? Just Legio models on Facebook. Crazy. Dude. Yeah. Uh, and it's. And it should be in the mail anytime soon. Well, that'll be awesome for our events to hang. (laughs) Well, where it gets cooler, a buddy of mine, he's going to help me build a banner for it. A banner pole for it? Oh, man. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a bit extravagant, and I don't even know where I'm going to keep it in my house. (laughs) Because, you just gotta like, make make the banner pole so it's like a detachable thing that you can take it apart into many many different yeah, pieces. So so the so the idea I have right now is I'm gonna put like uh, hooks or like a, a mount on in the wall of my bedroom. Much going on in my bedroom like art wise. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna have it where it's like hanging up in there, and then I can take it off and it gets put on for the pole for events. I guess events. Sweet man, that's yeah, awesome. So, it's I'm, I'm getting a picture for very large and very ridiculous. That's awesome, man. I, I've like I want to get that picture of us from LBO put onto a banner for our <laughs> events. But yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that's very cool, man. Well, happy yeah, well, happy birthday, sir. <laughs> Belated. Thank you. Happy birthday. I, I, officially on the podcast, at least. Yeah. Heels. Uh, any, you got anything else other than big banners and white scars and all that? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I've been, as I've, sort of, I've been talking about on the podcast, is that I've been playing mu- a lot of music. Yeah. And you've been playing a bunch uh, of gigs, right? Yeah. So you guys know me and how I think and do things, which is uh, if I do it. Uh, grab a towel, Joey. Sorry, my dog. Lemonade everywhere. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, so I've been booking gigs already. So we kind of we had a gig like a few weeks, and we were still in the debate of what kind of band we were going to be. Uh, and we came to the conclusion that we're just a jam band. So yes. I approve. You, I, approve. I know you approve because uh, we're we're really good. All right, there, Joe. We're really good at just like getting into a groove and making some really cool shit. So. We're a jam band. I'm a drummer for it, slash singer, slash whatever we want to do. 
And uh, it's been really fun and really cool and uh, a lot more work on my side as well. And <laughs> hey, if it's keeping you if it's keeping you positive, that's a good thing, man. I, I'm I'm it's, I'm hoping that you guys get down here for a show and we can bring all of our nerdy gamer friends. That'd be super random and super weird. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. Uh yeah, so Music, 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 music. I just had like a four-hour jam and practice today Sweet. already. So like pretty much uh, when you messaged me earlier, I'd finished maybe like 30 minutes before that. Okay, gotcha. All right. So, yeah, and that's getting the girl situated. But yeah, so music has been going really well. Um, hence, stayed because it seems to match what we're doing. Yep. Sweet, <laughs> man. Well, I'm, I'm stoked that it's working out for you. It is. Um, and then... The thing is, I've been playing lots more. I've been playing more games my, because I got some more stuff for them. For and your again, space it's just, yeah, yeah. So I got some like Darkfire Castellex, some more Grace Layers. I think I have like 90 Grace Layers at the moment right now. Jesus, Dale. Yeah. That is so, a lot of dudes. It's a lot. So many dudes. Uh, so I got to redo up some guys. So I'll have. 50 of them will have shields and close combo. That's uh, painful to deal with. It is painful to deal with. So, yeah. Space World got some games with Space World. Um, me and Gilbert played like a 5,000-point game, and I let him use Vulcan. His, sorry, you let him use what? His, his Vulcan on the same list. Oh, man. How did that go? Uh, we called it after 20 minutes because... Between my dark fire, um, and the falchion and the lancer, uh, I killed both. I killed his mastodon, four fire drakes, and Vulcan on the end of turn one. Oof, that is that's butt hurt a little bit. <laughs> I'm it's pretty bad luck. Fifteen hundred points down already, so I don't think this is gonna work. <laughs> Oh, and like poor Gbert, a thing had been touched my entire army at that point. Yeah, that so like the, literally the worst luck ever. Yeah, I can't yeah. even envision. How well, if happens. hey, if anyone's gonna get that, it's it's probably gonna be Gilbert. It's true. <laughs> he really is. It's just like I shot my four las cannons and the falchion at the um, master, Mastodon, and the first two las cannons killed the. Uh, Shields. The shields, and then the other last cannon took like two whole points off. And the other set of last cannons took like two whole points off, and then so that's a good roll the right? Falchion got a six. I got a did eleven whole points in one shot. Oh. Whoa. You only needed ten yeah. to begin with. Yeah, exactly. And then so that took it out. Um, and then I ran up my my lancer and everything I could, and then my this is this is also the kind of really crappy thing. Uh, one carries and the three Darkfire Castle X took all six hull points and glancing hits on the Spartan turn one. Well, there you go. Jeez. Yeah, so he's just like... How did the Lancer? Was it a, not not the Lancer, the Darkfire Castle X oh, and one carried, carries. Uh, but the Lancer, uh, okay. yeah. it was his turn. And it was Vulcan was actually in the Spart- uh, Spartan and he ran up and was going, well, I'm going to punk this Lancer. Uh, and, and he shot everything he had at it and only took two hull points off it with like three land raiders shooting las cannons at it. 
and then he charged it with Vulcan. Vulcan completely whiffed his attack, <laughs> and then I and then I rolled a six on the D Lance. Uh, and he was uh, like, "Well, wap 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 wap." All right. Well, it sounds like uh, you've actually got squeezed in quite a bit there. Trying. All right. So, Johnny, what about you? I know you're, you've um, taken more of a break like me. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so, I have done... Been doing some, some reading, stuff right? Stuff that's not... Yeah. Well, I've done, so, yeah, I guess I'll start there. Yeah. The, so, I read the Gilliman book. Um it's pretty good, actually. I like it. Yeah. Like, I generally like the Gilliman stuff. Everyone seems to hate him, but I, I kind of like him because it's... So well, human. Find, that's the thing. I find all the other characters just so, like... They're just so up their own asses with their, like, brooding bullshit. It's, like, it's kind of refreshing to have a Primarch who's just like, yeah, no, like, I'm, like, an actual, like, leader. Like, I, like, I'm building an empire, and it's, like, good for the people that are in the empire. And he's, like... He just seems like a well-meaning individual, unlike the rest of them who are all just, like... Fucking, but uh, and then I started the Angron book, and you know I've probably about uh, I think I'm about a quarter of the way through it. Um, it's interesting where it's going. The beginning of it, I was a little bit like, eh. but okay. it, it is interesting. It definitely so far as painting the picture of Angron has no positive effect on the Legion. But um, other than that, you know. It's uh, it's going. It's interesting. It's it's it talks a little bit of Nike, Nikea and, and his like childhood, which is pretty cool. Okay, so I'm, like, sweet. Kind of excited to get into that. Um, I can't remember if the last episode I had base coded all this stuff, but I'm gonna assume that I hadn't. And uh, I think I screwed up the show notes by like making these with this week's show notes on those ones because you didn't make those things yet, and I just wanted to get them down. So. Okay. So uh, I. Basically, for my shame, was our last episode... The yeah, we talked about oh, our okay, shame, so yeah. this is what I've done since then. Yeah. So I got all my... The seven Reavers together left out of that ten-man squad that needed to be done. And all um, eight... Or, oh, sorry, all uh, ten of my destroyers... Are done. And I... No, no, not done. Oh, okay. No, no, no. So I uh, I spray... I based, based all of them. I did all the black basing. Okay. And, like, actually, like, the shading and stuff. Yeah. All the reds on the shoulder pads. And the, with the uh, destroyers, I uh, based them green. And, and I actually was smart enough to not glue the shoulder pads onto them. And then I, like, airbrushed all the shoulder pads. So... These are by far the best infantry that I've You've made. done. They yeah. Look, they look nice. I'm, like, pretty, pretty stoked about how they're actually turning out. Like, I was, like, holding them back. Yeah, because you had taken such a break from painting Sons of Horus. Yeah, exactly. And, and then yeah. you came back. I, I thought I remember seeing you post up. You're like, I kind of want to repaint some of my old Sons of Horus now. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I'm already, I've already kind of decided that I'm going to repaint my Contemptor because I want it to match my new one. The new one? Yeah, the and, black. Yeah, I just yeah. want, like, two Just Aaron style, and, like, I just feel like they look weird together right now, so... <laughs> But yeah, I'm definitely in that phase where it's like, well, my favorite models, I kind of want to repaint. And I probably will slowly go back and repaint, to, you know, a bunch of them. But yeah, beauties of an airbrush, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just how you think about it so much. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, the, uh, the it, I was holding one of these guys up next to my Volkite Marine guys, and like, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. But so I did the base coats on them, and then. Uh, the the shoulder pads like it's like the first time I've airbrushed the red shoulder pads and had them turn out like the way I want them to where it's okay. like, oh yeah these look good now like they're actually like the the it's like kind of an aggressive shading effect and it looks it looks really nice because they the sort of like the 
dimple part of them is like a much is like an aggressively darker than like the sort of like the recesses or like darker than the opposite of recesses. Okay. So yeah, um, and then uh, I got to work on those destroyers. I've at this point I've done eight of them, and I so it was kind of kind of a fun project to do these destroyers because I basically used it as a. Um, tool to like sort of learn like a slightly like like a, start applying a little bit of weathering effects to my um sense of horus okay because i haven't done a lot of that so i had this the idea that like okay well these are destroyers so that i wanted to d- do what was fluffy for them here so here's the thing the destroyers and the fluff as far as i can tell a lot of them are black but i don't know if that's like for every legion i don't think it is i know with sons of horus that like theoretically they're black but I don't really know. Mm-hmm. There's never been like an official picture of a destroyer. That uh, they showed like pictures of the shoulder pads, so I know that they're red. The shoulder right. pads are red. And so I had this dilemma where I was like, "Well, do I just want to paint these guys matching my reavers?" Like, I think no, you should. Not really. No, you're no, gonna do I, the green. I didn't want to. And okay. I was just like, no, I don't want them to look like their first company because they're not. And my whole army, right? Is first company, okay, yeah, yeah. I just want like, like you know, I have green stuff in my army. No, obviously. yeah, for but sure. I have a lot of black and red stuff in my army, so. I just was like, okay, I want to, like, do these guys in the green, like, regardless of whether or not, you know, I'm sure there were companies of destroyers that wore the fucking green, and I did the shoulder pads in the red. And then I was looking, and, like, so at the event, uh, I won five of those destroyers, and Mm -hmm. that basically, like, was like, okay, so I guess I'm getting 20 destroyers. So I'm going to run ten with jump packs and ten with on on foot. Oh, cool, yeah. And I had the, I realized I was looking at my, uh, uh, Sons of Horus transfer pack, and I was like, "Fuck! I only have uh, <laughs> oh, no. twelve. I think it was twelve or thirteen trans- destroyer transfers left." Okay. And I was like, "I've already like gone deep on these guys. I'm like, like I want these guys to look good. They all have like their transfers on like on them, like nice, nicely applied and all that." And I was like, "Okay, well, what can I do?" And I was like, "Well, I'm doing the weathering. So for the weathering, I had to do this really weird thing that I haven't had, I haven't done this before. So I put the transfers on." almost like first so i basically put the transfers on almost immediately after doing the base coating Mm -hmm. so that i could do the weathering over top of the transfers because i did a bunch of uh sponge uh metallic sponge effects because like the destroyers and the fluff they're supposed to be irradiated constantly and they the the fluff is that they're like the paint on their armor literally fall flex off yeah so i wanted them to look really worn and like their armor's literally like peel, like the, like the paint is peeling, peeling off. off of it. Yeah. So yeah, so I thought about it. I was like, oh, that's a fucking good idea. I'll just make it so that the I'll just take some transfers and cut them in half. Right. And then I'll cover the other half with like a big giant like just it looks like it's like falling off. Oh, sweet. That's yeah, so. yeah, yeah, nice. And then also I mixed in a couple of those like knobby uh, shoulder pads. Shoulder pads. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, I wouldn't have to use them on this one anyways. Nice. So I'll just do that. Okay. And then I had this. All, so I, I painted all eight of those, and then I, the last one that I finished was the uh, squad sergeant because I fucked up when I did my uh, Tartaros terminators last time, and I did the sergeant first, and the sergeant doesn't look nearly as good as the as the other guys okay. in the squad. Which is like that's my other more recent Sons of Horror squad that actually looks good, but these guys look even better than that. So, I did the uh, the the sergeant, and I like kind of pretty much approached him like I would approach like a sort of like a character. centurion level okay. character. Yeah, yeah. Like I really like actually put time into him. Was like very like meticulous about picking out all these little details. Um, 
he, I've given him like a bad. I think you've seen him. He has like a he has a top knot. He has like a power. He has a reaver power fist. He's got a oh, yeah. shoulder pad. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff. He's got like a, a skull hanging down his crotch. And I, yep. I did it in the uh, bronze, so it looks like he like killed some oh. warlord and fucking bronzed his skull. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, so That's yeah, very super, yeah, exactly. That's supposed to be like part of what they do, right? So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, I back in the day when I was doing the, my sons of Horus, I put a bunch of uh, horse head crests on the sergeants. Yeah, because I like them, but then I realized that that meant they were Terran, and that kind of bummed me out because I realized that there was a bunch of sergeants that I was like, oh, I can't like get, make these guys look as chaotic because the Cathonians sort of like. When the when they start really turning, they start turning into that like that all that like superstitious Cathonia shit starts coming back out. So they start like bronzing skulls, hanging like mirror coins off their off their armor and all that kind of stuff. So, right. So yeah, I uh, did that, and then um, so I don't know if this this isn't really hobby progress, but it's like I feel like it's like loosely related to hobby. Uh, is I got a tattoo. That I think it's hobby progress. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's super dark mechanic yeah it has a lot of influence from dark mechanicum for sure i don't want to explicitly say that it is dark mechanicum because it's it's kind of not but it kind of is it's like a weird like it's basically like a combination of dark mechanicum stuff and a bunch of like uh, album art from from a lot of the art, art the music artists i listen to right and, like synth uh, wave yeah, stuff. Yeah, synth, synth wave, sort of like, yeah, a lot of like perturbator fucking. The wub wubs and the dub dubs. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Sorry, that just clicked for me there. <laughs> and then uh, the other, the last thing, which isn't really hobby progress, but it's certainly directly related to hobby and the progress is about to be had. So, uh, it's funny. I was been waiting for my versatile terrain order forever for my nameplates for my titans. Oh yeah! Finally, just showed up, and it showed up on the same day as uh, a listener. Uh, his name's Cameron. From he's from Australia. Okay. He reached out to me a few weeks ago, and he was like, he's like, hey man, like, do you want some of these like mirror coins I'm making? Mirror coins. So, Cathonian. Like the the gang thing that like oh, they, they, yeah. they leave coins over people's eyes when they kill them. Right. So basically, he shipped me a bunch of these things. They're basically just like uh, shiny metal like circles. Circles, yeah. They're like something that I can. I'm gonna start giving it to my opponents when I beat. That them. is so cool. Yeah. I That's so awesome. cool, man. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of stoked on that. It's, it's, it is interesting. I was like kind of looking at him and I was like, yeah, this this is fun. Like it, as long as the person's like kind of in on it yeah yeah they'll they'll be like oh this is kind of cool that and um that's totally um yeah it's same kind of idea of what you know Vinny and uh and kurt did for the deuce and their little lodge metal coins that that we got yeah for sure very cool yeah and kind of fun just thematically it's like oh every time i bring my sons on horse somewhere i gotta like pack these fucking some of the mirror coin with me yeah totally well and but i thought maybe you had maybe i'm missing this but i thought you also paint i saw some pictures while i was gone of a like a standard bear oh so yeah okay so part of part of the when i did those reavers i did there's some guys i'm kind of calling reavers that aren't reavers i have one guy who's my warmonger okay and he's like he looks like a reaver commander he's going to be probably played as a chieftain in some games and then be played as a warmonger in other games gotcha okay badass dude with like 
He's got the axe. Yeah. He's like one of the coolest models ever. He's got a bald head and he's got an axe and he's got his helmet in his other other hand. He's got spikes and shit all over him. He's badass. And then uh, the standard bears. So, yeah, that's that's the thing. So I did all these reavers and I'm like I was working up to these two guys because I really wanted the shading to be good on them. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I airbrushed all the base coats on that standard bearer and I'm super stoked on it because that I think that standard is gonna look really nice. Like when it's done, when yeah. It I think decal applied, which I don't even know how the fuck I'm gonna do it because <laughs> like I'm gonna have to cut it in a million places and it looks like it's gonna be really hard. But it, there's a lot of chains and shit on it. It's like I, I've only found one picture of someone who's actually applied the decal that's sort of intended looks to be well. there. And like you gotta like, it's gonna be a lot I wonder of if just soaking yeah, in like, like Microsol. He's to like holding the banner close where it's like, and so it's, all it's all draped. Yeah. It's all like rippled. And, and then there's like chains and shit at the top. And yeah. It's like it doesn't really fit the whole, you, there will be sections that I'll probably have to cut off of, right. the, of the, of the decal. So, but regardless, that guy is going to look so cool when he's yeah, done. Yeah, he, like, he looks really good. I saw those pictures while I was in Ontario. So all this like, oh stuff, yeah, John, you're keeping it up. Literally all this stuff is like for that list that I'm, uh, building for that for that yeah the destroyer, destroyer reaver list yeah and now that list has two sakaran punishers which is fun and oh get, get, man i love the fact you do double punishers yeah I, I i couldn't turn that that it was a good price and it was a sakaran punisher and i was also like well i can airbrush this thing this time so it'll look better so yeah nice sweet yeah. all right so i think that's it for our hobby and shame yeah so let's uh, kick it over to our 74th Deuces Gone Wild review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it would be a review. Yeah. All right. We'll Debrief, be back. I guess. Debrief. That's better. I like that. Yeah. Debrief. All right. We'll be back. Wow, John, your hobby game's looking pretty swole. Yeah, it's because I've been uh, clanging and banging at uh, Everything Games out there in Langford, but... Everything games? You mean Rob's store? Yeah, they've got pretty much everything for all your uh, hobby game needs. Everything games has all your hobby needs from Plastic 30K, Adeptus Titanicus, Warhammer 40K, Age of Sigmar, X-Wing, Magic, and board games. Everything games has you covered. Visit everythinggames.ca for more. And welcome back, boys. These are just getting more crazy as each episode goes by. Okay, I I think it. We could just track your your sanity loss throughout these podcasts (laughs) from just just your intros. (laughs) (laughs) They went from like normal to like just me making random noises. Yeah, beep bop boop, beep 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 bop boop. So Um, yes, we are back for our not review, but debrief of the deuces gone wild um yeah man i i I don't know i i think maybe we should just have like a just a run through it and kind of as things happen and we can talk about our our uh our personal experience a lot of people have probably heard some of this stuff because they would if they listen to radio free s fan um i was on there i think it was like two weeks ago something yeah two weeks ago or something like that with vicente Vincent and and the the wonderful Scott, who Mm -hmm. I think we might have nailed down for our next event. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Fingers crossed. 
Um, so yeah, head over to Radio Free Esteban, uh, and you can listen to John do his. Like, you guys went pretty in depth with uh, yeah, with Vince and talking about all your games and whatnot. So if you guys want to hear a little bit more detailed into the gaming side of things, uh, pop over there. But I think we're gonna just talk about you know some of our personal highlights and the big you know big. We'll talk about the winners and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I think maybe I'll kick it off because um, I I think it really started for me probably the, the earliest. I was rushing at the beginning of the week to get everything done, basically, or as much as I could get done before Kurt arrived Wednesday. So Kurt showed up at around... Um, noon coming all the way from indiana and basically just took him for a little tour of the town uh got to take uh you know basically just had a chill night that first night uh thursday we got up and i took uh kurt for a hike up mount doug which is like probably the highest mountain he's ever been on top which is which is like you know mount doug for us is like a small kind of hill yeah but um, you know, just he he was just blown away by by Victoria, and just like he was like, man, I want to move out here. And um, then yeah, we I was, went. I was interested to know the, what the, the, the Indiana and Texas boys would think of this because it's probably pretty different. Oh yeah, well, Indiana's very would be very different. Yeah. Like a lot, it's more it's like r- well, it's a lot of rolling hills and valleys and stuff like yeah. that, but lots of forests and like. Well, right. You know, not the coastal mountain kind of stuff that we get to deal with here. But, uh, yeah, uh, so then on Thursday, uh, Jay arrived coming from uh, D.C. Uh, both Jay and Kurt are, are uh, they are lovers of the green. So coming here to B.C., yeah. the first thing that Jay said was, like, take me immediately <laughs> to your closest dispensary. And they were like, they were like little kids in in a candy store. It was like Toys R Us. They were just like, it was going deep. It was so funny just watching them shop. It was it was quite funny. Um, then later on that night, uh, Vince arrived, uh, coming all the way from Florida. So all three of the guys were staying with with me. And uh, Thursday night, you came, popped over to drop off some terrain, and kind of uh, we just hung out for a little bit down here in the Otter Den, and uh, you know just chatting and hanging out with Heresy boyfriends again. Um, yeah, it was funny, like meeting these people, and it was like I was at work. Yeah, just coming in in uniform and just like. everyone's like so like in everyone's so like engaged already in terms of it's the weekend where it's here where you're just like just got off work and you're like i haven't showered yet i'm still in my clothes like it's (laughs) nice to meet you guys but i need to i need to go home and then i can get into this like into the same like stages where you guys are kind of thing which is pretty funny you i could tell when you walked in you were like oh i'm not ready (laughs) kind of ready for this yet but uh yeah, so Thursday, uh, as well as I kind of alluded to before, um, Kurt and Vince were teamed up together, and they made these awesome lodge coins, basically, that say, say BDE for Big Dick Energy, yes. says Vincent and Kurt, and then it's got the uh, half of the Thousand Sun sign, half of the Alpha Legion sign, and then on the back it says drop a deuce 69 <laughs> and they were giving these out to all of their opponents and also Teo and John and I all got one so um, much love to those boys for bringing us a little gift like that and they're all I don't know if you noticed this but he did them on like loony type 
things. Like they're shaped like a loony, yeah. like a coin and all yeah, gold. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Thursday night we just kind of hung out. And then uh, Friday, basically, originally we were going to do, I was going to take the boys out to the to the coast and, like, do some, some things around. But, oh, Vicente showed up with, like, still having to do tons of painting. So I, I woke up at... Seven, I think, or maybe even six thirty, and Vince was already up, had a coffee in hand, heading down, and like basically went into like a fourteen-hour solid painting session throughout the entire day. We later on, like, we left him here and went and set up the venue, and then like came back and he's still painting. And then we had a barbecue with um, a. He literally popped an Adderall. Yeah, he just went laser focused. It was like I went upstairs and I was like I was talking to AJ and I'm like man like he, Vince is really focused on the painting and he's and like you said something you said something like someone said something and maybe it was Kurt or something and I was just like oh, oh. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense yeah. but yeah it was like we then had a barbecue later that night where we invited like mostly a lot of guys from out of town that had you know traveled all the way up and. We did uh, Jones's barbecue, and even at that point, it was like I had to drag Vince upstairs to like you have to eat, like, yeah. or it's gonna be gone. But yeah, he. Uh, it seems like we always have one person putting in a a solid, huge painting session like that. Last yeah. year it was Gilbert. This year it was Vince. So yeah. who will it be next year? Who knows? Probably uh, Gilbert again. Probably. <laughs> But yeah, like really, um, the setup of the venue is super easy. John, you met me there. Um, you know, we had help from a bunch of the guys setting up, and because it was teams, it actually it was less tables. Yeah. So we only had ten tables to set up. And Bill, um, uh, Bill and Marco brought uh, Marcus brought up a whole bunch of tables from San Fran, but they weren't able to set up until the Saturday morning. So really, we only had like a couple tables to set up so it was really the it was a really chill setup uh which was which was great and so then yeah saturday kickoff um we you know launched it like we always do of us doing a little spiel about kicking the event off uh you know this event being doubles uh a lot harder to wrangle people so uh you know i think I personally love the doubles, but I think that it does it did for uh, logistics wise, and like um, it, we did have some drops, which ha- made for some problems as well. And you know, drops are always a problem, but when you have doubles, it's even. We made it work. We made it, it work. Like, it was like holding on by strings. Yeah, it definitely was like uh, some scrambling at the last minute, and and big shout out to Ashton and to Jeremy for. Uh, fill it, doing a whole team by themselves and rocking seven thousand point games, and they're very experienced players that can do that. But if they hadn't have done that, we would have been uh, really hooped. So big shout out to them. Um, during my whole speech, I was completely taken aback because at the end of me like doing the whole speech and getting the thing going, um, James and Kalis, two of our awesome community members, uh, stole the mic from me and presented me with this absolutely amazing award. um, CEO of the century. (laughs) Which is, it's just beautiful. Both both of them put so much time in. I posted some pictures on the Facebook page, um, and it's basically um, a scenery, it's a, it's a, a diorama, a basically. Pillar, 
with a statue, and on top is one of the new Chaos guys coming, jumping off, and it's with a spear. Basically, they presented it to me for you know helping to put on all these events, and I was extremely, uh, extremely honored by it. And and thank you guys again. I know I've I've said thank you to 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 those gentlemen before, but just thank you again. It means a hell of a lot to me that uh, that you guys gave that to me. But uh, yeah, so we launched we launched the event, and um, maybe I'll kick it over to you guys because I you know I was kind of walking around and making sure everything was going on and but you guys actually were you know had games and i know john you went into some some games but why i kick this over to you guys and you guys kind of talk about what your saturday was was like who wants to go first okay so it starts with um remember it's been a little while ago now (laughs) like oh my Saturday kicks off with uh, Gilbert being a dumbass. <laughs> Why is that? Wasn't that Sunday as well? It's every freaking day. So uh, I got a new is uh, I am a roommate with anybody ever again if I don't have to. That slash. Um, he got way too drunk first night at my place. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, Gilbert, big dum-dum, <laughs> just way too drunk at stone. And then he puked that night, and then the next morning he wouldn't get up. Like, everyone was trying to wake him up, and then everyone else laughed. And Gilbert's like, I don't know where I'm I was like, you can look stuff up on your phone. He's like, well, I don't have data. <laughs> I was like, just being a bitch about it. So then, yeah, he was just too weird and nervous about doing anything on his. So then I had to wait for him. And then I'm like, okay, I'm calling. I'm like, you ready? He's like, I'm ready. And then as soon as the cab's on his way, he goes and pukes. That morning? Morning. Jesus. Gilbert, get your shit together. <laughs> and so the cabbie's waiting for Gilbert to, like, situate himself. Purge, yeah. And so he's. Gilbert's. The cab shows up, but he's just like sitting in the bathroom, just like being a sack of shit. <laughs> Come on, dude. So we leave, and then I show up, and I'm pissed. And then, like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm fucking. Up it. <laughs> so I started the day kind of weird and baby, and I already told them that I don't want to run a babysit him again. You know. Yeah. And so then, but then uh, I met up with Matt, who is my teammate. But that was a Saturday. But I guess we should talk about my Friday because that's when I did my frosted tips too. Oh yeah, we got to talk about that. Sorry, I skipped all over that. Yeah. So I'll go back and do some uh, Back to the Future. So yeah, Friday, uh, me and Gilbert headed down. In like, we got there on like five, I think. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Oh, so, but we, I, don't, I don't know why, but I'm, we were driving down. I'd see uh, a traffic. Yeah, so another technical difficulty because uh, I think we need to find a new communication app. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, so every time driving down, I don't know why I was feeling really goofy, but every time I'd see a driving infraction, it'd be like, you don't like to cross lanes like that. My dick hurts. <laughs> and so... <laughs> So every action I'd see, which ended up being a lot, I'd scream at the out of the window, my dick hurt. 
<laughs> okay. I don't know why. I ended up being like a comedic thing I would say say all weekend. He's like, oh, that can't believe that happened. My dick hurts. <laughs> Quite the way to punctuate something. I'm sure Matt. Yeah. I'm sure Maddie I used to dove that on that too, as well. Oh yeah, it was like, "Oh my neck hurts," and I don't remember it, what it's from. It's from something. I swear it is. I, I don't remember either, but everything made my dick hurt that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh my neck hurts. Oh, my neck hurts. Uh, so yeah, there's like there's the my dick hurts, and then so we get down there, and I wasn't going to drink or anything. I didn't, and I barely did drink. And Gilbert's like, "I'm gonna go over a liquor run because he's like, getting all saucy and ridiculous." But um, is this why we didn't have the extremely excited Teo? Is because of all those shenanigans? Okay, so I'll explain that when I get to Saturday. But so Friday, I was a bit feeling shenanigans, a bit just a high energy meeting, and it was just funny because uh, that's when I had to do my frosted tips. And this is like all of the people who've heard the podcast first introduction to me. Yeah, not podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> For some I, of them, for sure. Yeah, I think I was a bit much for Kurt, to be honest. <laughs> just like off the bat, in, off the bat, and like just talking to him a little bit. He's just like, "Yeah, I need to smoke weed to just be like to be around you." <laughs> to, to just, she's like to exist around high energy people. Like, oh god. <laughs> but I remember getting doing my frosted tips and having like the alfalfa hair. Oh and yeah, for like tearing over my shirt as well and it's like oh I, that was funny because yeah we started doing the frosted tips and it's obviously hilarious because I like had the cap and I just pulled like the big sprout up through the middle yeah it was powerful you look like a giant baby yeah a big giant baby and then I had like I put it in there and I remember going downstairs and like sitting down and like talking with like Vicente and stuff like that and then Kayla's just straight up says like hey I'm like, not in the slightest. What did he, sorry, what did he <laughs> say? What did he say? Kalis asked if I was gay. Oh. <laughs> uh, the slightest. He's like, okay, you just seem like you're gay. I was like, no, I just don't give a fuck. This is big. I'm just very jovial. I'm just very jovial. So he's like, okay, I just, I just wanted to ask that. He's just been, he's like, it's been on my mind. I was like, it's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's okay. I get it all the time. It's fine. I get it all the time. Uh, but yeah, so that was like my, also my first time sitting and talking to Vicente. So I was just making jokes with him uh, at the same time. And he was stoked for the next day. So Friday night ends. Uh, we go to... Uh, we get to the event, and me and Matt's first game is against uh, Vicente and Kurt, and they give and they gave us the the deuces coins. Yeah, yeah. So it was funny because apparently they had both gotten those warhounds like right before the event. Yes. Yeah. So I had to tell them how to properly use their warhounds. Oh really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, that that was a that was a different game because. Uh, um, he, uh, he was uh, Matt was using your iron hands and he had the glaive and I had my falchion. Yeah. And they're just like literally Kurt at the end of the, the game was like, I'm buying a glaive. <laughs> really? I, I he's gonna go home and Ryan Kimmel's gonna be like, No, you're not. It's very situational, uh, but in the right It is situational, but yeah, wrong. it can it can do work. If it, it can it, do work exactly. So if it's yeah. Right. And it was just, it, it was like, it was whatever game. And yeah, we played that and it was a lot of fun. And we joked around a lot and like we kept stopping for drinks and stuff like that. <laughs> well, if the, yeah, that's definitely, uh, as soon as I saw that you guys were going to play, I was like, oh, that's, that's going to be a fun game between those four guys yeah. for sure. 
yeah, it was it was just funny and and then uh yeah, then we played uh then so this is the thing. This is a recent like Saturday. I couldn't get drunk. On Saturday? Yeah. It's cut, probably because they were watering down all the booze on you after your display last year. <laughs> Maybe. Because, like, I kept drinking and drinking and drinking. Like, in my second game, which was against Jay and – I can't remember the other guy's name. Uh, oh, the Jay and Bob. Jay Bob. Yeah. Yeah, so we played against them, and that was that, – that was the moment that me and Matt were like, oh, like, we are good players and we shouldn't – be doing this like we we told them to put models back on the table because they're just oh really yeah and we just felt bad because like nothing was just going well for him and like uh, i literally i literally told him like he he had uh his grave wardens of mortarian charged uh some tanks of mats uh i think it was the sakaran okay something like that only strength five did he put melted bombs on them at least yeah Oh, they had power fists. Oh, oh, Grey Warden. Sorry, I think it was nothing. Death round. Never mind. Oh yeah. So yeah, they came and they uh, started to they ate the tank, and I'm like, okay. I tell him like, Jay, uh, are you sure you want to do that move? He's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, you don't want to charge the two 15 man squad or the 15 man and the 10 man squad of Grey Slayers. He's like, no, no, I want to charge that tank. I was like, oh no, charge the glaive, and he yeah blows up the glaive. I was like, okay. And, and I charged. Yeah, yeah, you charged all the gray slayers into him and just wiped him. Yeah. Yeah. Mortarian and all. Yeah. Well, the one thing I, I did kept going over to uh, to that anywhere where uh, where Bob and Jay were because man, like Jay's army is beautiful, but Bob's militia, holy crap! Like it's all of. Do you remember that that army with all oh. of the militia? Um, artillery cannons that were all in the back behind an Aegis defense line, and yes, uh, faintly. I, so beautiful. Just so many like amazing. Like how long it probably took him to do that? I didn't even want to know. Yeah, it was very very cool nice. list. Very cool list. Uh, but that's awesome. So the, you guys obviously, uh, I think we know how that one worked out then for you. Yeah, it was funny though because uh, as we're playing the game. Um, Bob wanted to see like a quintessential space marine moment, so he just kept throwing mobs of dudes on my Grayslayers packs, and he's just like, just tear them to shreds. Like, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, because he was just like, he's just like, um, he, after I got some initial charges, he's like, these dudes are brutal in combat. I want to see what they do. He just kept wanting to see how many he could kill before they start killing his army. So yeah, that was pretty funny. Right uh, on. Yeah. But yeah, like the whole Saturday, I couldn't get drunk, and it kind of made me a little sad. And then Matt was just like, "Oh yeah, you're at that point in life." I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "You either gonna start doing copious amounts of drugs or stop drinking for a few months." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, the the easier one there is to stop drinking for a few months. That's exactly what I'm doing. It definitely doing. does work for sure. Yeah, John yeah. so, can attest. Uh, you've been doing that pretty regularly recently. Yeah, I usually I've been going kind of like. Seems like two weeks on, three weeks off, sort of thing. Yeah, it's nice. And so, yeah, I couldn't get drunk, which it was just a bummer because I wanted everyone to like see the ridiculous tale they've heard about. <laughs> so I felt like I felt like I let down some of the American. No, Teo. Uh, but it, we ended up having fun because I was walking around playing the Melodian. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That was you. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> 
And you just yeah. you just hung on the Saturday too, right? You just uh... yeah, I just hung out the Saturday night. Like I didn't even like me and Brandon were gonna have a game, but then Brandon was so burnt out that I kind of just hung out and then like yeah, it was just fun. We just joking around with everybody. I didn't play another game until the Sunday. Right. Um, but then and then that was kind of like the first bonding experience James and I had. Me wife and gilbert down to get cocktails downtown oh yeah that's right yeah yeah because I, I was like i'm trying i, I want to get drunk <laughs> it didn't work <laughs> where'd you guys go again uh we went to some place that does like super fancy cocktails and it was funny because we little jumbo in. it wasn't little jumbo and it wasn't mint oh weird no it was uh yeah some other place i can't remember the name of it right. but uh it, it was their recommendation but yeah, we kind of hung out and then tried to find some things but then yeah ended up getting back to the house Going to, I went to bed at a pretty decent hour, uh, to be honest, and then came back for the Sunday, and then it was me and Matt's game versus uh, uh, John and Greg, and that was actually kind of a nail-biter of a game. Yeah, why don't you guys like go into that a little bit? I know, John, we can come back to your uh, your day one, but I know, Tay, you've got to leave here shortly, so why don't you guys uh, talk about your Sunday? Yeah, so me and uh Greg played a game and like uh, armies super complimented each other. Yeah, both of us. Yeah, and it, and, and and like so it was good. We knew it was gonna be a tough list. Uh, I believed in me and Matt's like armies, and we just counter deployed hard on John. Yeah, <laughs> I literally just like spent half the game like running like across yeah. the table. Oh really? Just like null deployed me completely. Oh no. <laughs> Because uh, we knew we, if we played straight up, we were just going to get dominated. Right. Yeah. Uh, but that was a super tight game. Because that, um, that, that would have been really Mechanicum and Mechanicum versus Space Wolves and uh, Iron, Iron Hands. Hands. Yeah. yeah. With was, a little bit of Mechanicum in there. There was like, I think the li- looking at the lists, I think, I think it was a game that could have gone either way. I definitely uh, think that like the that your guys' lists, I think, could have beaten our lists in in uh, maybe a different different game or a different you know slightly different scenario potentially yeah yeah i agree uh but it was uh it was a bud blast and like i guess that was like first greg's first time really playing against space wolves yeah probably oh my god like they're rushing everything they try <laughs> they're brutal and yeah. he, and that you guys were also playing on that awesome uh, Mars yeah, theme table that, that, was, that, was a that great, Bill yeah. brought up, and and yeah. it just seemed to suit that whole I just, narrative. I we got the initiative, and I just snagged that table. And like Matt came up to me earlier, and I was like, I wanted to play on that table, and then and then someone came over, and they're like, No, uh, we already got that. I was like, Fuck, okay. And then, <laughs> and then Matt's like, Yeah, we already played on that table, and I was like. Cause he, cause he, he wanted to play us, like yeah. And I was just like, I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going back over this table. Like, <laughs> I was like, he's like, you're an asshole. I was like, dude, I want to play on this fucking table because it's the coolest shit. If you want to play me, you're gonna play on this table. Smart army, like. And he was probably like, like yeah, okay, okay, fine, yeah. So that was a, a nail biter of a game, and it was it was extremely bloody. Yeah. Uh, and like, yeah. And who took it in the end? I forget. We did. You guys did. Yeah. did. And it was like early on, it was like looking, it was sort of back and forth. Because I remember it was back, I kept coming over that whole yeah. day, and it was just both of you guys, I was talking to either of you I at different like, times, and you're like, oh, I don't know, like I think we might have it, but I... At the end, I made a really, really good choice, and my target priority with the, uh, with 
the my poor fairy on, and right. I, I targeted his glaive, and like it knocked it, it did a bunch of damage. But my I I think uh, if I remember correctly, I think my Porphyrion killed the glaive and the Valshan, didn't it? Kill? No, it didn't kill the glaive. It brought the glaive down to one hall point. Yeah, it was the Thanatar. Yeah, yeah. The glaive lasted one more turn, then I got it, and then the next turn, it, I think it stripped the last five hall points off of the Falchion. Just brutal. Yeah. It was like, like good rolls on my part, and then they weren't really making the cover save. Well, I don't, I don't, I think with the Falchion they had a cover save, but yeah, it was just like it just went perfect. I was like, this is exactly what I need. It's like five hall points. It did exactly five hall right. points and finished it off. And then when that was done, it was kind of just like it started swinging. Like it tipped away. Yeah, the Thanatars against infantry yeah, lists are shit. devastating. Yeah, and like I, I won't sit here and say it isn't extremely satisfying to shoot them in a giant mobs of infantry because <laughs> it really is it's like oh every time you double tap one it's like do well, the fanny drop I'll get to shoot it next turn but fucking this you turn I'm gonna fanny kill drop. like 12 fucking space marines or whatever yeah, yeah. well that was also funny because um uh you would you would shoot but like those combat shields man yeah, they do add up. Because they're they five up, up, right? Five up, six and up, six up shooting. shooting. Six up shooting, okay. Yeah, they were it, it, a it's, little bit. It's five up in close combat yeah. then? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and again, like, the five up in close combat is nothing to sneak. Right. Yeah. I don't know how many times. I was thinking I was fighting Greg's um, Alterax or whatever. Yeah. And he swings, oh, and then it's, like, brutal. six wounds, and I pass, like, four five up stages. He's like, well, fuck. Yeah, yeah, you just you just destroyed those ultra acts. It was brutal. Yeah, like they god. they got one round of combat and they didn't do anything. Yeah, well, like I, I got my domitars into combat at some point. At one point, I got them into combat with your Varagir. I think it yeah. was and two of them, and it's just like they kept like killing like one Terminator, one Terminator, and then eventually they killed two Terminators and they finally won the combat. It was just like, come on, dog. That, that's all they did the whole game. Yeah, they killed that, and then I think they glanced out a. Uh, Contemptor at the very end with the, yeah. with the Haywire Flamer. And I think I had one left with like two yeah. wounds or something like that. Yeah, you actually, I remember you you telling me that at this event your Domitars actually did that work actually did for, some stuff. Like, for the, the first thing, time. So I, I learned two things. Firstly, that list, I basically have to run Squirrel with the small squad of Castlewax next to the Domitars because otherwise the Domitars just won't make it to combat because they just, they're the only thing that anyone shoots at. Right. So now I'm kind of running the Domitars sort of like alongside them. But then people are like, well, either you shoot these Domitars or you go after Scoria, which is, like, a lot of people are super scared of Scoria, so they just, like, automatically want to shoot them no matter what. Right. But, like, when I played against Jeremy, it was just, like, I was like, bitch, bring your knights. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Like, I just had this giant, this big block of Domitars with, with Scoria. I'm like, your knights aren't going to do fucking anything, dude. You're going to charge me. I'm going to kill you on the Overwatch. And then if you yeah. do get into combat with me, you're going to have to charge two knights at me. And then even then, I'm still going to probably kill the kill the kill second one. night too yeah probably kill yeah. both nights like um so that was pretty cool and then i fought a, a drop pot a drop potting leviathan which is just like dombatars don't give a fuck about your drop pod leviathan dude no. so yeah yeah since they had that tweak it they really uh, they have they have they definitely have their niche but their niche is it's weirdly defensive that's the thing about them they're like a they're kind of a defensive unit for Mechanicum. It's almost like a bodyguard, really. Like, Yeah, well, and because of the nature of Mechanicum, 
being a shooting army, they're almost just sort of like a unit that you put in the middle of it, and like it just counterattacks something that tries to get into your right. gun line, which is that that's their problem. Still, it sort of is like, in my opinion, like the, they they still need something, but it's a step in the right direction at least. Right. It's given them some kind of niche, which is nice. So uh, yeah, but yeah, the game was good. What did it end up being? I think it was eight to eleven or something like that. It was tight. Yeah, it was pretty tight. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have the Excel spreadsheet yeah, in front of me, but sure that's what it was from what I remember. But, but yeah. Right on. Well, Tao, I know we don't have you for too much longer. So, is there anything else you wanted to uh, to chat about before you had to pop off here? Uh, yeah, just the the event was great, um, but it's very eye opening to like next year and kind of where where the bot GT is going itself. Absolutely. It's, it was just a lot, and uh, I'm kind of looking forward to the next one for very different reasons. Well, I think we, yeah, we'll we'll be getting into more of that uh, later on. But yes, I think uh, as with all these events, you know, we learn learn things of how we're going to improve for the next one, and hopefully, every single one of our events, you know, gradually improves each each event. So I'm I'm with you on that, man. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I'm sorry we can't have you till the end, um, but um, thanks for popping on and that, that we could finally get this thing recorded. Yeah, it's just been so crazy, Paul. I know. Summers are always tough for us. So Yes, it is. Well, we, we, the downside is that we actually have lives outside of heresy. That we have lives outside of heresy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. Well, you know, it depends on who you ask, I guess. <laughs> That's <laughs> All right, Teo. Well, we'll talk to you on the next one. Peace. Peace. All right, John. So now that uh, now that we've got Teo's uh, Saturday, Sunday, I know you just went into your kind of Sunday. So is there anything else you want to kind of chat about of any of your stuff from Saturday or just any general highlights? Sure. Uh, just so everyone knows, to paint a word picture, I've migrated to the floor. So if I sound different, it's because I'm stretching on my back. <laughs> and he's looking probably at my crotch yeah, right now because all I can see are the crotch. back of his legs <laughs> and his feet. Yeah. So. Um, I, so I covered a lot of my stuff on the Radio Free S Fan episode. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I guess uh, how did my thing go? Uh, I showed up that Thursday. You know, it was pretty cool to meet the guys, and it was like yeah, that you were right. It was like definitely like oh, I'm still kind of in work mode. Yeah. Everyone else is in a different kind of mode. <laughs> And that was also like a period of three weeks that I hadn't drank and I wanted to drink so bad, but I had to go back to work. So it was. Like, and all of us were down here drinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it was good. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. My first game. Uh, I can't. I can't even remember what I played for the first game right now. Actually, it was just weird. Oh no. I don't know why I'm, why I'm forgetting. I remember my second game. Oh yeah, my first game was against Jeremy. Uh, he had Knights and uh, Raven Guard. That was a fun game because it was kind of an interesting matchup. Uh, Jeremy was playing alone because we had a dropout, and he has like eight hundred armies, million armies. So he uh, stepped up and helped us out and played by himself, which seemed like he wanted to do anyways because then he could play two of his armies. So <laughs> it was pretty cool. Uh, it was a night, this fucking crazy night list, and and uh, yeah, I found out that my. Uh, well, the night the night Raven Guard drop com- combination seemed very interesting, very um, cool, and very seemed, good it combo. Very, it seemed very limiting at the same time because the knights are hard to move. 
Right. Yeah, you're putting down so many big things that on on the board that probably already has quite a bit of terrain, right? He, he was sort of in a position where he felt like he had to, like, like I think that at least what it seemed like is he felt like he had to really, like, deep strike as far in as possible. But since we were kind of playing a, a hammer and anvil style deployment, right. he didn't have a lot of room to deploy on our side. So it kind of sort of turned into, like, a little bit of, like, the Raven Guard coming down and then feeding, the, feeding this pretty brutal mechanic of shooting and then the knights kind of coming in to try to help but the raven guard almost like giving the mechanicum some protection in a way because like you can kind of like move around them right okay yeah so but yeah no it was a good game uh we we tied i think yeah it was a tie i believe so yeah and then our second game we played with uh it was uh greg's buddy i think is, is his name tim Yep, Tim and uh, Troy. Tim and Troy, yeah. So that was, uh, you know, it was it was an all right game. I felt really bad. Uh, Troy's, uh, I don't know if I would call him a new player, but he's not necessarily super familiar with the game. So, you know, he he was feeling kind of down, and, and I felt bad for Tim because uh, Tim was, you know, sort of sidled with a with with Troy who was like not, I'm, I'm honestly just not in the best of moods during the game because he was feeling pretty down yeah it was dying and like that's the tough thing about these team events is it's like that sort of stuff that can happen which is you know it's hard to hard to manage yeah I heard I heard that from a few people being like my 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 or my player my partner's just like either like not engaged or like not 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 listen to what I'm saying, yeah. or <laughs> I was yeah. like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do about that, man. It's hard to wrangle, right? Yeah. But, yeah, so, you know, it was an all right game. Uh, I, Tim, Tim and Troy were, you know, they were they were perfectly sporting, and and uh, they were, like, you know, Tim had, a, Tim had a great attitude. He was, like, super chill, and it was great. I felt really bad, though, for, you know, what was going down, because we were just fucking destroying them. It was pretty, pretty <laughs> oh. cool. So it was just one of those things, and then uh, Troy had a Sakaran, and he forgot, he's like he didn't read the rules of the Sakaran, so he didn't know that it had a ripple fire. He's like he, he had a, the uh, Arcus. Oh no! And I was like, dude, you know that this is like the best tank in the game. Yeah. So he wasn't doing the multi shots. No. Oh my no. gosh. So, but you know, you live and you learn. So yeah, totally. Next Won't but, make uh, that mistake again, right? Exactly. So uh, yeah, that was the game where the Leviathan sort of got fucked by Domitars, which was kind of like, you know, it, it didn't feel like a highlight necessarily because it was like, well, it was already going so in our direction, I kind of just felt terrible doing it, but the Domitars did something, so woo! <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the third game that we had was on the Sunday, and it was uh, with, with uh, Teo and uh, Matt there, and, and Matt, they had obviously, like, Matt, Matt really wanted to fucking bring it to me so <laughs> he had this idea in his head that he was gonna fucking br- bring me down finally and uh yeah it's it, it's hilarious because I, I do appreciate it i do like that there's someone who's trying to like gun him for my head because well you and matt you and matt have had like a little ongoing a rivalry and rivalry for a while he hasn't played like nearly as much as me but he's a pretty uh he's a very he's smart a pretty player smart player like 
And uh, it's it's funny because I, I, I beat him every time, but he gets a little bit closer to beating me every time. And the thing is, is that I never I never completely shit on him or destroy him. Like, he's actually always able to hold his own pretty well, even in our very first game. So it's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, – and then what do we, so what do we do uh, Saturday night? Saturday night we did the open gaming and yeah. the Titanicus game. I did it, yeah. So I kind of uh, sort of took over a Titanicus table thing, and we had, like, I think it was four players on each team, and it was like, oh, you each control a couple Titans, you know, do this. It was, it was kind of chaotic, a little bit hectic. I was a little bit burned out at that time, so – um, I was trying my best to sort of manage it, and I, I think it did an all right job, but it was definitely like a little bit chaotic because there's just so many people. But yeah, but I do think that some people learned a little bit, like on how to play the game, which was good. I think people were like, were getting an idea of like how the structure works. It's a tough thing with Titanicus because if you have a bunch of drunk guys, it's like you know you you I if you're in in charge of the game and trying to make it run, you have to sort of be assertive and just like, all right, guys, like. Stop talking, pay attention to the game because of the way that the, the turn sequence works where it's like alternating so quickly and like it's just like there's a lot of little details going on and you have your little sequence and then the next player has a little sequence and you know stuff like that but because of that nature people really need to pay more attention like in 30k you can sort of just like, like whatever call me when it fucking affects me and I'll roll my armor saves or whatever you know what I mean. Yeah. But in Titanicus, it's not really like that. It's like you want to know, you need to know, like, what orders are going off, and you need to know, like, what your teammate has done. You need to know, like, where, where void shields are at and stuff like that. So, um, but it did actually go pretty well, I, I think, overall. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we got some people more into Titanicus. It looked fucking gorgeous. Like, uh, I was jonesing the whole weekend to set up me and Marco's army, Paradox, yeah. your, your army, and I think it looked insane on the Forge World table. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of too bad that we couldn't have a couple more tables, but we, you know we just didn't have the time to be able to really order the space to be able to put that together. But yeah, it definitely uh, there are some beautiful beautiful models that were out on that table for sure. Yeah, for sure. Bob's stuff was really nice as well. Which one was, was his again? He had. Um, he had a bunch of the knights. I don't think we ended up putting out m- much of his stuff, but he had oh. a bunch of knights, and he had... Uh, I've got some pictures of it somewhere, Let's but... Well, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah I, it was cool, though, man. It was like, fuck, like, uh, I'd love to... I really want to do more Titanicus events and stuff because it's a cool game. Absolutely, man. And we shall. We shall. Sure. But, uh, yeah, so, um, I don't know, other than that, I mean, uh, most of it I recapped on the, uh, Free of Freest Fan podcast, so, and I, I suspect that most of our listeners listen to that as well, so I won't, uh, necessarily go over all the details super ex- explicitly, but, yeah. Sweet. Um, I had a good time. Uh, sweet mullets and mullet wigs and short shirts. And, uh, and Creed shirts. And Creed shirts, that was definitely a highlight for me, was, like, when you were standing at the, f- at the, on the fucking stage and it just like I just dawned on me how ridiculous you look and it was just like this like thing of beauty it was so funny oh and the whole time too I'm doing that speech and Kurt and Vince are side stage and they're just fucking laughing they would not stop laughing and I was getting all pissed at them and then after they were like I'm sorry we just couldn't take anything of what you're saying seriously because <laughs> look at you right now yeah just a fucking like 
golden girl's ass mullet wig and with like sparkles and then a fucking two two belly shirt fucking cream tank top the shortest ass short when you and in that room you had to keep cranking the ac like it's on a timer for like an hour so i kept doing that but then it would cool down so much that i'd get cold and then i'd put something else on but chris man from spire he was on me every time he'd see me without that creature where's that creature where is it? Chris loves crates. I know. He's, he's like a, he's a super fan. He's just concerned about you representing his fan, fanhood. Yes. So I think, um, why don't we go through uh, the big winners, chicken dinners here of the event? Sure. All right. So starting off with best overall painted army, that goes to, once again, Mr. Brendan Lee Baker with his beautiful Thousand Sons. Well deserved on that. Um, the best painted loyalist went to Kalis Odinson with his Ultramarines. Um, best painted trader went to uh, handsome, fabulous Mr. Greg Burren with his uh, Dark Mechanicum. Uh, the best painted mini went to Troy Hallowit with his uh, Rubio. Um, the best painted, or sorry, best sportsman team loyalist went to Teo and Teo Breeze and Matt Virgin. Uh, best uh, sportsman team trader went to Handsome John and Dreamy Greg Burren. Um, the best generals went to Sterling and J- Sterling. Uh, oh, I'm gonna mess up his last name. Barrick. Uh, Barrick. And uh, our boy Jason Sharples. And then the citizen soldiers both went to Marcus and Bill, our boys from California, coming up with three beautiful tables. I'm so glad because that one table. Four beautiful was, tables. What am I talking about? The table that I voted for, I think one, and I was like, yes. Yes. So, um, and then as as John and Teo were event organizers, they handed over their prizes to. Uh, to Eric, um, our main prizes. Yeah, are the main prize to Eric for all of the work that he's helped us out with the podcast over the years. Well, I handed mine to Eric. Yeah, yeah. And then and then Teo handed his to Garrett for just generally being like the happiest guy. Totally. I, those ever. were the two people. I was super happy that those were the two people that that got them. I was like, yeah, this is exactly who I wanted to get these. Yeah. And so overall, we raised uh, $205 to uh, the fight against DMD, and was very happy to uh, submit that to the the guys at the Varangian Heresy. So uh, super awesome. Um, a little note on that, we've got the telethon for DMD coming up in October. So you'll be seeing lots of uh, news coming your way for that. Uh, August. Uh, is it August? I thought it was October. Isn't it August 10th? Is it August 10th? I thought it was. Uh-oh. Well, we should probably check. Oh, we should probably check. Well, either way, you do not want to miss that because it will be filled with hilarity and craziness, and I already know some things that one might be raffled off during uh, said telethon, so definitely want to tune in to that. John's just checking the date here. Just give me a minute. Can you keep talking? I will. So the other thing that we did uh, after the event was all said and done is we put together a survey, and we sent it out through SurveyMonkey to all of our uh, participants that came. And it is, oh, sorry, August 10th. My bad. August 10th is the telethon. Um, so the survey results, uh, you know, we put in a couple questions, just, we always want to, you know, we want to hear what you guys wanted 
want from the event so that we can put on the best kind of event so far. So we're going to really, really quickly go through some of these things. So uh, we asked people what kind of event they wanted to see next year. Um, overall winner of that is going to was a frontline and uh, combination Centurion event. So that is looking like what we are going to do for our next two-day event. I feel like a lot of this stuff was things that we had already kind of wanted to do. And then totally. The and it was just like, sort yes. of agreed. It was like, good. Yes. Yeah. So I think we're going to be doing uh, Centurion for the day one and then Frontline for day two and be kind of a build-up for that. So Yeah. And I, when we say Centurion, I think what we might end up doing is trying the, the book eight version the of Centurion. The Ch- Chondax one, yeah. yeah. I know Kurt is going to be running a Chondax campaign at uh, Heresy Camp, cool. so I'm going to hopefully hop into that and at least play a game if i can and uh so bring your sakaran punishers out to uh the next event yeah uh the other question that we asked was about uh if people want what did people want to do for pairing if they wanted to keep it the open format that we had before or do you want a pairing system uh it was a tight vote on this one but we are going to be going with a pairing system for our next event um the other question that we asked was about um, either doing a 500-point sideboard or having two separate lists that you can switch between rounds. Uh, overwhelmingly, it came in through two lists that people would like to see, so we are going to uh, institute that. Generally, people overall want to see two-day events over one-day events. Um, we also, for the amount of games, we are going to be doing three games Saturday, two games Sunday, um, and we, and this one was interesting. Would you like the bar to be open Sunday? We got 25, 27% said that they would like it, but then we had about 65% saying that they don't care. So we're going to think about this. We'll look at, uh, what it's going to cost us the ticket price to actually run it, but we'll, we'll see on that. Maybe we'll just have a, a Caesar, Caesar bar or something like that. That's right. Americans, not bloody Mary Caesars. You're going to have to. You're gonna have to man up. Um, we also asked if uh, if people would like to see the progression system remain at our events, and that was yes. One thing that we are gonna say right now, and that we uh, you know we we keep looking at how we can improve the progression system, and one thing that we uh, that was, you know became pretty clear to us is that it's just gonna be not win. You know, if you win the game or if this unit survives the game, it's just you you get to do it so that there's never a disadvantage just yeah. everyone gets to do a role on the progression I've, I've been chart. thinking about uh, maybe one more way of doing that is that if the unit survives it's a plus one on the chart is maybe yeah that could be something to, too like, yeah just something where because because i think our intention with the the chart this time to have you know guys who are dying not roll on it but just we just want to make more sense and make it fluff sense you know yeah but uh I would, yeah. It, it obviously has its pitfalls and its problems, but if we could maybe make a chart that reflects that there's a slight bonus to keeping them alive, that might yeah. be also so. Also, or we lines. could do one that's like you have two charts. One of them's for if your unit yeah, survived, or possible. if there's one that you know it didn't survive. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah, definitely still keeping that. And um, then we also asked uh, how people would like to see prize support, whether they want you know more structured prizes, more random draw prizes. And in the end, it was kind of an equal of both. 50% people of people said that they wanted an equal share of both structured prizes, so like best painted, base, best uh, sportsman, those kind of things, and then random draws as well. And then uh, we also asked for various feedback for people to write us text. I'm not going to go through that. 
other than to say, uh, I think the if I was going to vote on a best comment, it would definitely be the person that says just hookers and blow. So that person wins. I, I'm pretty sure that was Julian. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, all of this kind of stuff and for all of you guys that wrote us, um, you know, uh, in-depth uh, comments and stuff, we really appreciate it. That really helps us put on um, a, a good event for you guys in the future. And it's the only way that we're going to know, hey, are we doing it? Doing this right, doing this wrong is, is for you guys to tell us. So uh, thank you for all you guys to do for filling that out. And then, of course, a huge thanks to all of our sponsors. I'm just going to list through them because uh, we couldn't have done this without them. Big thanks to Everything Games, Invested Painting, Secret Weapon Miniatures, the 30K Channel, War Games Tournament, Deep Cut Studios, Grim Brothers Coatings, Cromlech, Rain City Hobbies, Metropole, and of course, Quasar's Arcade. So, you know, I can't wait for next year. Um, we, John and I, have already been uh, talking about what next year is going to be. Also, obviously, the survey, but we've already got plans. We are going to be bringing in Brennan from The Spire to help us out with the narrative and everything. So it's... Uh, we're kind of expanding our, our team to run the events, and hopefully that will uh, make for better, even better events in the future. So um, we are we have discussed with the venue. Um, or maybe I'll and maybe I'm going to end with this. We're going to talk about the next event in a second. But one thing that we found out on the Monday, which was after the event, which was super tough for me to hear was that there was a potential that the Legion, where we've hosted all of these events, yeah. was going to uh, get closed down because the city drastically increased their taxes. Now, luckily, the, the city has voted, and they are going to take the rest of the increase. And so we definitely have the venue for next year. Um, there's hopefully going to be another vote on to reducing their taxes because it's just crazy to try to close this place down. Yeah. But... Uh, we are definitely we have secured our dates for next year's big two day event. It will be June sixth through seventh, and it will be the twelfth inaugural Big D. <laughs> so it, that is going to be taking place on uh, the anniversary of D Day. So it seemed like a, a perfect fit uh, there. So we'll be doing that June perfect si- fit for a Big D. Perfect fit for a Big D. June sixth and seventh, two thousand twenty. We are also talking about doing uh, a little Valentine's Day, kind of one day, not actually on Valentine's Day, but somewhere in early February, just do a little one day thing at the Legion, get the bar open, not going to be, it's just going to be open gaming, kind of like, I was thinking maybe a name of like Teo's Cupid Clash or something like that, (laughs) you know, we dress Teo up as a Cupid and... He can like just go dude, around playing his Melodian dude, or dude whatever. Looking for dudes. Yeah, ex- Valentine's Day. Something like experience. that. Yeah, exactly. So that we'll be doing that, and of course we've got a uh, we've got um, War Games Camp coming out for me. So uh, lots of events coming up here. So you know I can't wait for next year's event. I'm already brewing of what that's going to be if any of you guys uh, are planning on coming to next year's event you know you're going to do that if there's any way you would like to bring a table with you that would just be great so start working on those tables there's definitely going to be uh, this is actually something i was going to say so our next event there's going to be even more of an emphasis on citizens citizens soldiers Soldiers, because 
we're definitely not doing a team event next time, and if we want to continue with these sort of high player counts, we're going to need at least you know twenty ish tables. Yeah. So. so we right now we've got we're planning on doing a forty person event, uh, which is the same number as we had this year. Uh, we will all of the information about when tickets go on sale, all of that will be given way on in advance. We do expect this to probably sell out quite quickly, so. Yeah. But yes, the you know Maybe another for, like six month in advance sort of thing like you yeah know. for for us you know there's only so much tables that we can we can build and uh, and and so if we want these things to continue to grow and we we yeah. need a little bit of help so thank you all to all the citizen soldiers that did bring tables this year it, it helps us out huge um, and yeah can't wait for can't wait for next year. So let's put a pin in this, John, and uh, I'll, we'll come back and close out the show, and then people can listen, or not close out the show. We're going to go to Will, my interview with Will next, and then we'll come back and close out the show. So take it away past AJ and Will. Yeah. And welcome back to the Bot GT. I have the privilege to be here with uh, the fabulous Will Frank, who is going to be running the 30K uh, narrative event at Wargames Camp this year and also ran the narrative event at, uh, at Heresy Camp last year. So, Will, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Um, you're going to be doing the the event this year, but before we kind of get into that and do a little kind of audio player pack for uh, this event this year, why don't you tell people who you are? Uh, you're part of the, um, oh, and I've just pulled off my the notes. Lone Star here. Legion. Thank you, the Lone, the Lone Star, Star Legion. Legion out of Dallas, and uh, we met last year at Heresy Camp. You put on like such an amazing. Uh, event last year is such cool missions had such a and i even lost my voice and if it wasn't for aj (laughs) i wouldn't have been able to continue to run the event that's right i love that you came up to me day two and tapped me on the shoulder and like i can't talk (laughs) you're gonna have to do the announcements (laughs) which i was more than happy of help helping you out with that but it just showed that i was having a good time oh yeah yeah you're well you were definitely all of day one, you were, you know, you weren't even using the mic, just like, hey, you know. Get I your didn't attention. know the mic exists. That was the problem. <laughs> they didn't tell me about that till day two. <laughs> so yeah, well, you've uh, you're part of the 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 Dallas scene there. Why don't you tell uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself, how you kind of got into wargaming, and what led you into the wonderful world of heresy that we all live in. Well, the shortcut to how I ended up in heresy is I live near John Stanford. That about sums everything up. <laughs> that that does sum up it quite well. If people uh, know John, yes, he is a he is a powerful heresy man. <laughs> so uh, my background is is I've been into role playing since uh, about the time I was eight years old, which would put me back to. Uh, just before second edition AD&D came out. So I've played in the red box. I played in first edition. I, my first time as a GM was uh, right after second edition AD&D came out. I remember what Thacko is. I can still calculate it. (laughs) Um, uh, After college, I uh, ended up, I, I was first introduced to 40 K 
right at the end of high school when I was playing magic, uh, some guys were playing, uh, second edition 40 K. Um, my first game was, Oh, that looks kind of cool. Well, here you want to learn how to play. And they gave me, uh, the guy was playing blood angels and gave me a, a five man squad of terminators and just said, go have fun. Nice. Um, so I, uh, I did that. I uh, watched the games a couple of times and then I went off to college and there was really a, no money for it and B nobody really playing, uh, any tabletop miniature games. Uh, when I was in college although there was a gaming club and we played lots of rpgs right well uh um after i left college i met up with a i I met a guy that we became fast friends Uh, i consider him my big brother and he got me into uh to uh warhammer 40k and uh so we started playing uh, he, you know, he would teach me to paint, and so we'd have these awesome painting sessions. And we played our local uh, gaming store that uh, I became fast friends with the owner. What, uh, what, and, uh, what edition do you think that was? Oh, that was third. In fact, third, it was okay. right after it was right after third had dropped. I mean, that's why uh, Tim said, "Oh, this is a, this is really the best time to get in because you're getting in on the new edition." Right. Yeah. Um, Everyone, so my so very level playing my, field, right? Right, exactly. And my very first army was uh, Space Wolves, mm-hmm. um, largely because, you know, Wolf is my uh, my totem, so that's where I gravitated to. Yeah. And uh, I learned that even in 3rd edition, Space Wolves are a little bit broken, and which is part of the reason why I, I haven't ever gone back to them, is they're a little bit too over-the-top, and they're a little bit too wolfy-wolf for me. Okay. Um, yeah, even even as a guy. Yeah, exactly. And even as a guy with a wolf tattoo... Space wolves are too space are, are too wolfy for me, so that should say something. <laughs> um, but uh, I got into that, and, I, and over the years, uh, with the exception of Necrons, I've never done anything with Necrons. But I've I've at least assembled and painted for other people. Yeah. Um, every army out there, uh, fourth edition, uh, the uh, the new Eldar Wraith Guard models came out, and the new Wraith Lord came out. And I had already liked the fluff of of wraiths. Uh, I didn't particularly like facing them. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I did love the fluff of them. And uh, so when the new models came out, I fell in love with them, and I started putting together my Eldar. And it's it's the one army that I've had throughout the years, and I still have uh, up until Eighth Edition, which I haven't gone and calculated what I've got in Eighth Edition. But it, toward the end of Seventh Edition, I had about thirty thousand points of. Of Eldar, including uh, a Phantom and two Reavers, and oh I'll admit the, the reason I have the two Reavers is just so that they can—they were a Gemini. Yeah, of course. And that they could flank the uh, flank the uh, Phantom when they were sitting on my ta- on my uh, display table because I very rarely run Titans. But no, you, you, know, got, you, you gotta, gotta have, have the pair for sure. <laughs> yeah, because it's the Gemini. Yeah, absolutely. I used to have one um, myself. I used to have a big E and an army. So. Uh, so you're you're playing my yeah, my heartstrings yeah. there, sir. Oh yeah, and that's it. That's it. Is is I've got lots of yellow sitting on the table over across from me here. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, in fact, uh, the other cool thing is uh, speaking of my Ianda and my Titans. So I just took the CK Studios uh, 101 course down in Houston, uh, June 1st and 2nd. Yeah. Uh, it was literally the first time I'd ever sat and really used an airbrush. Oh wow, sweet, awesome. Did you? How, um, how was the experience for you? Oh, I absolutely loved it. My uh, my dreadnought came out really, really well. What, I'd taken what did the knight's course. Which uh, we, 
Which I Legion? painted green. Okay, cool. I didn't paint a Le- I didn't paint a Legion because I didn't really have a, a a need for a dreadnought in anything that I'm running right now, or at least a basic contemptor. Right. Um, and part of it is is I've been painting a lot of red lately because I've been doing House Raven. I've got another project in red that I'm working on. I've got, of course, some Thousand Suns. Um, so I've been painting a lot of red lately, and right. I'm gonna and the new airbrushing project that I'm doing that, you know, now that I know how to use an airbrush, I'm working on a new project and that's predominantly red. So I didn't want to do red, um, but I wanted a a good tone that I could work with. So I just said, Oh, I'm going to paint some green. Um, so I learned to paint green. I ended up putting a, uh, uh, when we did stencil work uh, as practice, I didn't end up putting a salamanders icon on him, but I didn't actually really build a, a salamander dread. He just happens to be green. Gotcha. Okay. But, uh, um, so with that said, I did mention that I have a Phantom and two Revenants, and I did not paint them since last weekend. So that just tells you that was all hand painted. <laughs> Whoa, dude! I've done I've done a uh, a Revenant hand painted, but doing a Phantom hand painted, my god, that um, that is yeah. Uh, I went with a lot of. I, I ended up getting a lot of like house paint brushes. For that yeah, no kidding. Areas. No kidding. Just the big fat wide brush. Just slop it on there. <laughs> Exactly. So uh, when I moved to Dallas, I ended up starting getting into our local uh, uh, 40K scene yep. and eventually became the uh, the uh, EO for uh, one of our local stores, one of the more popular stores here locally uh, for tournaments and stuff, uh, Texas Toy Soldier. All right. Um, one of the best stores in uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and that, that includes the fact that uh, – you know, we've got six uh, GW stores, and as much as I, I love uh, a lot of them, I, I'm a dar- diehard fan of our Texas Toy Soldier. Uh, I'm also going to shout out Evolution Games because Charles uh, is a great guy over there that uh, just hosted our uh, uh, Heresy Against DMD charity event that we oh, did. Yeah. We raised $190 for for uh, uh, DMD, and Way to uh, he go, also sir. was Way to go. exactly. And he also hosted a uh, CK Studios night course, 103 night course uh, that I just took. So, oh, yeah. How did I'm that really... go? I know Caleb and Kat were telling me they were going to try kind of an evening course and see how that uh, played out. Did it did it seem to work out well? That worked really well. Um, I didn't know how to use an airbrush, and, and my Badger order hadn't come in, so I didn't really have an airbrush to work with. Um, uh, somebody was going to lend me, you know, I said, I need an airbrush kit. So they just thought I needed an airbrush. Uh, so I spent most of the time running around. Right. So I'd already had a compressor, but I didn't have any other other parts. And he's like, oh, you need to go get this. Oh, well, you didn't get this too. And like, I don't know that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I ended up not doing almost any of the airbrushing in the course. I did. You know, and even when we got everything together, it wasn't working right. Uh. Um, so I didn't really do a lot of airbrushing in the course, but a lot, fortunately the night course is a lot of, brush work as well right and so it's teaching techniques like oil washing and uh, freehand and and uh, damage and a bunch of other things that are all brush work and i've got lots of practice of brush work so i was i was good on that i i didn't get as much out of the course as i probably could have if i'd had a working airbrush and knew what i was doing on that side but i still think i got a lot out of the course all the same and, and ended up with a really cool design for my uh, my mechanicum free blade on a knight steerix so cool. that worked 
Right on. Um, and uh, but uh, I continue to run 40k even though I don't play it too much mm-hmm. uh, because I got into the heresy thanks to John Stanford. Uh, he's like, hey, you know what? There's this great new uh, thing that just came out. It was the uh, the betrayal at Calth, and there's another one coming out very shortly called uh, Burning a Prospero. And uh, originally I was going to, because I, I played Iron Hands in, in 40K, and I had a and one of the early uh, things that I played after Space Wolves was Thousand Suns, because I kind of liked their, you know, we are traitors, but it wasn't by choice type background. And so I was vacillating between the two. I ended up starting out with Iron Hands, mm-hmm. and then uh, Book 7 came out. And I started uh, really looking at, at the, the fluff at Thousand Suns again, and I started running a Thousand Suns list. Um, incidentally, the one that really confuses the hell out of people is I run a Thousand Suns list, and I only have one Psyker in the list because I'm not running Psyker heavy. That's what the uh, the, the uh, Cult Arcanas are for, is that represents that they have a crap load of Psykers. Uh, so I don't need a crap load of Psykers in most of my lists. Um but uh, that's me up to this point. So I've got a lot of practice running uh, running events. I've been running the local 40K events for, I guess we're going on seven years now. Um, and so uh, my heresy events are adaptations of events that I've played in that I've liked, as well as events that I've run that I've liked. Um, I don't think we're going to be doing the turkey shoot this year. I don't think I'm going to bring all that stuff in, uh, as just something fun to do on the side. But turkey you know, shoot? What's, what's yeah, it's... The turkey shoot is it's a Thanksgiving event that I do that everybody seems to love. Okay. I got a I got a bunch of plastic turkeys, uh, little <laughs> bobblehead plastic turkeys. Okay. And uh, and the goal is to go around and kill the other players while trying to kill turkeys for to get turkey meat. <laughs> so person with the most turkey meat wins or basically, but the turkeys uh, are tougher than some demon princes to kill so whoa okay crazy <laughs> they, they they don't really attack you unless you're actually attacking them and they wander around randomly but do they, they have scatter like, scatter movement kind of thing or it was scatter movement yeah, <laughs> yeah and then scatter great. movement in every in, in each player's turn <laughs> so they're always moving around so you can't really plan on where they're going <laughs> to be <laughs> oh that sounds awesome man that sounds super cool and now I'm giving away my cool ideas for other people to go, hey, let's go do fun games like that. Yeah, that's – hey, I, I think that's uh, not a bad thing, you know, getting uh, these different ideas of different fun little – especially little side games, things that are totally different like that. I think that's always really neat. Um, we were talking about uh, doing um, – and Vince was up here this past weekend for our event. Right. And he was talking about um, – it kind of like this free for all game where you bring a character and like a five man squad and it's just like on a four or like a I, I forget what even what size board he said I, can, I think it just depends on how many people but it's just a free for all kind of thing and mm-hmm. sounded really cool I, I just like and hearing any of those different things like brews and pew pews you know something that's totally well we did something we did something similar to that as a just a uh, we did. Texacon last year or two years ago, whatever okay. the last year Texacon was. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it it stopped running due to um, uh, insurance issues. So you know it is what it is. Uh, but uh, for the Friday night, we did something similar to that. We had like a two by two board, and uh, it was a gladiatorial event where you just took your your best hero, and everybody else took their best hero, and then they would unle- the uh, the uh, 
the manager of the uh, arena would unleash various things. So you would end up fighting. Um, the ultimate fight was, of course, against a uh, uh, an owl bear because you know how could it not be against an owl bear, right? <laughs> so almost like a, uh, a gladiator type of arena kind of thing. And that was it. There was act- it, it, it was a two by two table, but there was actually a. Um, a piece of terrain that was a circular piece of terrain that basically was a gladiatorial arena. Yeah, that, uh, that road, was intended the road one. Well, no, no, this oh, is no, something was... that uh, that uh, John Sanford had specifically had built uh, for another project. Uh, basically, it's like a base to a crane. Of course, uh, but we John were using... has this built for another thing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and so we were just using that, and you would just keep fighting each round until you know the last man standing. And uh, so, you know, that was a fun little gladiatorial event uh, that we did. Very cool, man. Very cool. Well, it sounds like, obviously, you've got tons of experience of putting on different kind of events, and whether big or small. Um, You know, last year at Heresy Camp, we had the Desolation of Montauk. Or Montauk, right. Okay, good. Montauk. Yes, I got it. All right. (laughs) So, and that was... Super cool. I I never experienced a, an event like that where, uh, and I'll, I'll just go into a little bit of detail to give uh, everyone a little bit of background that weren't there. But uh, it was a super laid back event, which is definitely what I like. I really liked the aspect that we just had a kind of an open pairing system where we could you got either the traders to hey, you're going to pick a mission, and you had six different missions that you'd custom-made. Each mission had like models associated with it, and each mission had... It, it was all I can say was very narrative driven. So, like one of the ones that I played was you. You had an, the mission was there was a knight that's placed in the center of the table, and then I think each player got three tech priests. If three tech priests, yeah, three tech priests, and basically it was a rush to get these tech priests over to the knight. And when if you had a, a tech priest to stand by the knight, I believe for one turn, then you activated the knight, and you're trying to get the knight off the table. And uh, I in in that game, I think I, I that game I played Kurt, and we instead of using your knight, we just used the gnome. <laughs> Yes, yes. In fact, I think there are pictures of that. Yes, I'm sure there are. And the the funny thing was is like we both ended up it was one of those things where we both didn't get the primary mission cuz I got control of the gnome and then Kurt was like, "Well, screw you. I'm not going to let you have that gnome." and blew it up and then the explosion took out a bunch of our own stuff. Very comical. <laughs> very, you know, very story driven. It was great. But yeah, so everyone had these diff- you know, you could choose these different missions. Then once you So the way yeah. the way it worked was uh you had uh because uh, I like asymmetrical uh, gameplay. So you had a list of different missions that you could select. And that's kind of what, when we get into discussing this year's event, that's yeah. going to work something similar. Is So you would choose your your mission, your opponent would choose their mission, and then there would be a narrative mission that would be something that both players would play. So let's say one person was playing table quarters and one person was playing, you know, uh, cap, uh, cap, king of the hill type thing or, right. you know, objectives. So you're playing to try and get your cable quarters and prevent him from getting uh his uh, his objective 
uh, markers. He's playing to get his objective markers and prevent you from getting your your uh, table quarters because you know he doesn't care about the table quarters. He just cares about preventing you from getting it right. and getting your points. He, he does care about his objective markers. But then there's the the narrative on the table that uh, that you could pick from six different narrative missions, such as the night mission or, or the communications relay where uh, you yes. know. The, the night lords are trying to ensue terror by uh, sending out broadcasts and um, you know things like that. Um, there was the uh, the missing uh, missing squadron that uh, or the mis- uh, missing veteran squadron that you needed to try and track down. Right. My favorite in designing was the uh, was the rogue ma- uh, magi that uh, Magos rather that. Uh, uh, saw Horus entering the system as his perfect opportunity to turn traitor, um, but the traitors didn't realize that he was turning traitor and were trying to kill him because they thought he was loyalist, and the loyalists were trying to kill him because he was stealing all the secrets to the uh, defenses to give to Horus. Right. You know, so uh, that that was actually one of my favorite narratives to write. So. Nice. Yeah, and, and just that aspect, it, it was the first time that I had ever encountered a um a narrative or not a narrative but just a um an event that was based around that you know usually the most of the events that i've gone to here's your here's your standard mission and this is what you guys are playing to on this sheet and where this aspect it's you've got multiple things going on that it's all affecting the story but at the same time it's not complicated and that's the thing that i really liked about how you put it together was um, and this is something that I've dealt, uh, struggled with with our events is how do we make, how do we push this narrative, push this idea forward, but not overcomplicate things, not make it so, hey, I got to constantly remember to do this or do that. All very straightforward. So I, it's, you know, when I heard that you were, you were coming back to camp this year and doing the narrative, I got, so stoked because of how great the the event that you ran last year and uh you gave me a a little sneak peek at uh what we were looking at and uh i immediately sent this to like john and teo and to our our friend brennan who's over at the spire in vancouver who puts on a lot of uh narrative events and was like man guys check this out we we need to do something like that up here so um i i think i'll I'll kick it over to you, and we can maybe go through um, what the ba- the Battle of Rio uh, Cancris is. Did I get that one right? Uh, Rho Cancris. Rho Cancris. All right. <laughs> right. So the, uh, the one of the uh, backgrounds on this is I was uh, I was reading uh, Titan Death. Um, and got inspired by you know the uh, the fall of Beta Garmin, and you know that's basically the last stumbling block before uh, uh, Horus makes his run on Terra. So, in in with that inspiration, I was like, well, you know, what would he, you know, what might have happened between uh, Beta Garmin and Terra? It wouldn't be a major thing, but you know, what would be happening there? So after the uh, uh, I actually started looking into, you know, what stars have been identified with planets, you know, uh, around our solar system. And there's actually a uh, a star, and 
I want to say it actually is Cran Chris. I don't have it pulled up here in front of me, the uh, the article on it. Uh, I know I sent it to you. I know. I got, I'm trying to pull it up right now as you're talking here. <laughs> but uh, it was actually uh, it's actually a star system that is 41 light years away from, from the Earth, uh, from the solar system. And it was identified with five planets, and it named the planets. So um, I took that as my basis. I, um, Etymology being one of my uh, one of my little favorite hobbies on the side, you know, just because the uh, an interest in where words come from and how uh, languages drift and things like that. Uh, I, uh, I applied some of the stuff I know about that on on how the language drift would have happened with uh, with the uh, planet names. So things like Copernicus becomes Capern. Um, so I'm going to read off our, our intro here to give us, set our story here, and then we'll Do discuss how the, uh, how the uh, fight works. So it's the Battle of Rokancris, located 41 light years from the solar system. Rokancris was one of the first systems colonized as mankind took its first steps into the wider galaxy. Ancient records show that the first inhabitants sought isolation from Terra, which may explain why it survived old night mostly intact and is largely a self-sufficient system. The system is governed by the high regent, Typhon Bull, from the great city of Copern on the hive world of Galel. The other planets of the system of the, are the hive worlds, Lapere and Herio, the forge world, Bahre, and the massive agri-world of Jansun. With a long history of independence and rejection of outside authority, when Horus rebelled against the emperor, Regent Bol and the ruling council saw an opportunity to quietly withdraw from the Imperium and regain their independence. However, as the war drags on and the War Master's forces approach the Soul System, both sides have remembered Rokancris system and its resources. As fleets loyal to both the Emperor and Horus approach the system, Regent Bull has devised a plan to try and turn the forces against one another, weakening them before using his own meager forces to fend off this invasion. So, uh, basic premise on this is uh, it's actually going to have three... Uh, factions in this rather than our typical two. So you're going to have the loyalists and traitors, of course, and uh, stealing a march from uh, from Freddie. I'm going to I'm going to give full credit to Freddie on on this for the idea of the separatists. We're having separatists in this event because uh, they're the ones uh, actually in the system trying to uh, trying to keep it from pretty much being destroyed by these larger powers passing through. So cool. <laughs> so it's going to be a, a three thousand point event. Um, the part of the narrative is designed around um, the uh, force orcs. So, if you're just using a crusade force org, you're fine. Um, however, any faction which is a defender in any given round, because there's going to be uh, attackers and defenders on this. Uh, if you're a defender, then you can use the Castellan force org. If you're an attacker, you can use the onslaught force org. And if you happen to be using an order reductor list, a mechanic order reductor, then you're allowed to use the matrix of ruin force org. Otherwise, you know you have to stick with the Castellan or one of the others if you're if you're attacker or defender. And so unless you're using the Castellan Force Org, the only allowable uh, fortification is an Aegis defense line, something that you could easily throw up in the field as opposed to how did you land with a, uh, a bastion? Yeah, or the America, <laughs> the America gun or whatever. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, with this, uh, I... Uh, 
I'm allowing for, you know, bring any lists you want. Uh, uh, you can bring any number of lists. You can change between lists between rounds. Um, uh, you just can't write lists between rounds, but you can write lists between days. So if you play on Thursday and go, man, my list sucked, <laughs> then when you play on Friday, you have a new list written, that's fine. But if you played round one and when my list sucked, no, you don't get to, <laughs> to rewrite a whole new list. You right. just better have had one prepared. Right. Um, I'm not outlawing uh, Custodes. I, I know uh, last year we did because of the nature of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, we're starting to be near soul, so they're not outlawed. But Custodes were never really off-planet for the most part. Uh, so it, in here, you know, some small forces might be out on behest of Malkador, so you are allowed an allies detachment of Custodes up to a thousand points. Awesome, sweet. Uh, s- similarly, because it's it's around the narrative, uh, the Primarchs Primarchs weren't running willy nilly late in the heresy. Um, you know, we pretty much knew where they were. So loyalists, of course, can take uh, Sanguinius or Jagatai Khan because they were they were in withdrawal from from Beta Garmin and they were continuing to harry uh, the uh, Warmasters forces as they withdrew back to to Seoul. Um, the traders, of course, this is post Beta Garmin, post the uh, Eleanor Muster. So uh, traders can take Horus, Putarabo, um, Magnus, uh, Angron, or Fulgrim. Uh, with uh, Angron and Fulgrim, though, because my at this point, part of this entire player pack right here, <laughs> because they they were already demons, uh, demon uh, lords at that time, demon primarchs. Uh, if you take Angron or Fulgrim, you have to pay an additional seventy five points, but uh, this means that they do gain an additional attack and wound and are treated as having the monstrous creature type and the demon special rule in addition to any of the existing their existing rules. Um, additionally, if you appropriately model the uh, the Primark, so not just simply use their basic Primark model, but do some kind of cool conversion. And I know people, especially Fulgrim, people have done lots of cool conversions yeah. of demon, demon uh, Primark Fulgrum. If it's appropriate Miley model, you can pay an additional 25 points and treat him as a jump monstrous creature. Oh, man, I can't wait to see this. <laughs> I really hope some people go out and uh, bring some cool conversions for this. Absolutely. So the Separatists represent not only the uh, the Solar Ox and PDF forces, uh, although they weren't PDF uh, in the Heresy, so yeah. they, they were effectively, but they weren't called that. Um in addition to those forces and the fact that they do have a forge world, so they do have a mechanicum, uh, there are other types of forces that could have been available for the separatists, uh, such as black shields acting as mercenaries. Um, and in this and in this narrative, there there is the potential for a shattered legions list. Basically, this represents uh, forces of the space marines that pretty much had tired of of fighting on either side and had tried to just simply disappear in 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 the dark and now they're drawn to have to fight for the peace that they wanted so badly yeah and so this represents uh represents broken legions coming together that had tried to find peace and and didn't uh, as such because there's these types of people on on both sides of the line uh shattered legions that are part of the separatists can uh combine 
loyalists and traitor legions into one shattered legion. So really there's like no restrictions on uh, on which legions can, can be, be combined for a shattered legion if you're part of the separatist force. Yeah, as soon as um, I saw I, this, I thought it was so cool, and I really hope that some of our players that are coming to camp really give a good look at this and think, like, hey, what do I want to bring? Because adding this separatist thing is just this whole other aspect of, and I really hope that it, it brings some, you know, I'd love to see Ryan playing in this with his black shields or um, like I know you've got your, um, I know you're going to be running it so you won't be playing in it, but with your Thousand Sons um, that you talked about earlier, how you have basically a bunch of, I forget if you run them as militia or solar ox, but acting as the spire guard or the spire guard, yeah, which I, I think is I really cool. I run them cool. as militia. M- militia. I run them okay. as militia, and they they are the spire guard exactly. Right, but just like I think this is super cool because it could someone would be like, oh well, usually I play you know like your list, but I've got this extra militia, and maybe I could just do a, a whole militia as a separatist list. I, I think this really will maybe push people to to bring something different, bring something that they wouldn't usually uh, bring to an event. Exactly, and that's kind of the thinking here is, is there's actually a, uh, when we get into it in a minute, uh, there's actually a, an advantage built into the narrative for separatists. So people that are playing separatists, it's not a huge advantage, but it is a definitive advantage. So there, there is something there. All right. Uh, now, the, the thing that was kind of interesting on this for me was this was formulated pre-Book 8. Um, and so, and we knew demons were coming. We right. knew kind of how they were going to work, but we didn't actually have the book yet. And I didn't quite know how they were going to work. And I've since gotten a hold of the book, of course. Uh, I don't think there's anybody that plays heresy that hasn't at least looked at it at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, how would demons actually fit in this narrative? And so, um, because I, I was reading up on a lot of what other event organizers are doing, and some are restricting demons or whatnot. And I didn't think it was appropriate to restrict demons, because you know the aftershocks of the uh, the ruined storm continue to reverberate throughout the galaxy, and the barrier between the physical world and the immaterium remains unstable, as I put in my narrative. So yeah, it sounds like I'm reading it because I really am. <laughs> But the the way I worked it was uh, demons, you can just play them normal. The one restriction they have is unless all of the other traders are already defending a table and there's still a table the traders need to defend, demons can never be defenders. Right. Because why would they be trying to defend, uh, uh, you know, terrain? Yeah, it doesn't make Um, sense. And there's... And there is a resource element to this that we'll get into in a minute. And the demons don't care about resources either, but they do like destroying things. So the destruction works exactly like collecting resources for for any other faction. It's just that the destruction, they're destroying it rather than collecting it. And ultimately, so far as Horus is concerned, that works almost as well for him because it denies it to everybody else anyhow. So the, that's how demons work is basically they're they're almost identical to everybody else they just can't be defenders unless every other trader is already defending yeah. so we'll get into we'll get into how resources work because this is the 
the basic missions are going to work much like I described for uh, the Battle of uh, or the Desolation of Montauk from last year. Yeah. It's going to be asymmetric. Um, we're dividing it out a little. I'm dividing it out a little bit differently this year. So there's some of the basic missions um, are going to be uh, for the attackers, and the, some of the basic missions are going to be for the defenders. And then there's a, a list of ones that are open mission, which it doesn't matter if you're the attacker or the defender. You can both take uh, either body can take them. The only restriction is is you can't take the same mission that uh, your opponent is playing, and you can't take a mission that you've played in a in a previous round. So if you took Shatter Strike as an attacker in a previous round and you happen to be attacking again this turn, you just simply can't take shatter strike. Yeah. Um, things like that. So forces you to get different games too, by doing that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's so that you're, you're, you're changing it up. You're not just simply going, well, this is the perfect mission for the armor list army list that I brought. I'm just going to play this all the time. Yeah. Because you shouldn't have the perfect mission every time. It shouldn't be that easy. Um, but uh, in addition to the uh, the victories for your primary objectives, and there are some secondary objectives, um, uh, which I actually happen to like. This is one that I introduced uh, a long time ago in my in my uh, 40k events that I was running that I've, I've just carried forward because I happen to like the symmetry of it. So we're all familiar with Slay the Warlord, and we're all familiar with the price of failure. So those are going to be uh, two of the secondary missions that can help you take you over the top to win your your uh, primary. Um, but, you know, everybody hates first blood. Because if you get first turn, you get first blood, and there's really not a whole uh, yeah. hell of a lot that your, your opponent can do other than, you know maybe get lucky that you have some bad dice rolls. So everybody hates first blood. Well, I disliked first blood, but I liked it as a goal to try and, you know, really, it forces you to try and push and focus and really try and push on it to try and get that first blood. Yeah. You know, makes you try to focus down a target, but it needed something to balance it because on its own, it doesn't work. So that's when um, years ago I introduced the last laugh. And this is basically first blood in reverse. So first blood, the first unit to die, whatever, whatever the first unit is that dies, your opponent gets, gets a victory point. Last life is the last unit to die, the opponent gets a victory point. Okay. So it gives something for the guy going second as, a, as, you know, oh, man, I've almost gotten this unit dead. You know, I just need to focus everything because that will get me one more point. So it makes a nice counterbalance to, to that first blood. Okay, and, I like and, that, yeah. And, uh, you know, it gives, it gives the guy going second some sort of advantage that the guy going first had for victory points, too. Right. So the other thing going on here, so the, the way the campaign scoring works is you get one point for winning your mission. Now, bear in mind, because each player is playing their own mission, theoretically, they could both win their mission. They could both lose their mission. I really like that. So, so because I'm playing table quarters and you're playing objectives, if I don't beat you at getting your objectives, you'll score your victory point. But I can't win your victory point because that was never my mission. My mission was just to stop you from getting it. My mission, my personal mission, was to get those table quarters. Right. So, you know, you can try and stop me from getting the table quarters, but I'm trying to do that. So I could win my, my table quarters and get my victory point. You could win your objectives and you get your victory point. So on the table... Both of us won. Yeah. Because we didn't stop. We we won our mission, but we at the same time we didn't stop the other guy from getting their mission. So both both the players achieved the mission that they were looking for. Now, 
uh, if you win your mission outright and and your opponent loses their mission, then you're considered to have won and driven them from the field, and you become the defender of your table. Right. So if you were the if you were the attacker, um, then you now defend the table. If you were the defender, you just keep defending it. And so you can actually get a point if you. This is where the separatists get a bonus because they're going to start on any table that they want. So for every separatist playing, they get to go out and choose their table. Uh, at the start of the game. So they're actually okay. defending in the first round. Right. So in the first round, they can get a defender point. Nobody else can get a defender point on the first round because even if the separatists don't fill all the tables and there's some tables that need to be filled by loyalists or traitors, right. those people are just considered to be making an uncontested landing, and they're both considered attackers. I very, very much like this. This is very cool, Will. So there is a there is a you know an advantage to being a separatist in that you can get those defender points in the very first round and nobody else can do that. Uh, however, as you continue going, so if you're defending a table, say you know you're traitors and and you you won and and this table got taken and now the traitors control it, you personally don't have to then play on that table every round. But the traders need to continue to defend that, so a trader has to go on that table. Right. Yeah. One thing that I um, one thing that we've been doing at our events is I've got these eight and a half by eleven sheets that are laminated, mm-hmm. and one side mm-hmm. of it is got the Imperial Aquila, the other side of it has the Eye of Horus. So you mm-hmm. just flip that over of and put it underneath the mat. Okay, this one is trader controlled. This one and the last one, the loyalist did it. So flip that over, and it's a quick visual way for people to. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, obviously we'd have to get a third symbol in there for separatists right. on the other side of the page or something like that. But yeah, that's one way that you could also do it to uh, visually show who's controlling those boards. Absolutely, and that's a great idea. Consider it stolen. I I, I can just bring <laughs> them down. You don't even have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, you don't if you're the the person that took it, you don't have to. That way, it doesn't force somebody to play on the same table round after round after round after round. Right. Because uh, you know, I want to play on different terrain every time. So there's going to be some beautiful that. terrain at at War Games Camp. Oh, that's for sure. Oh hell's yes! Oh hell's yes! Yeah. So this this is means that it's not going to force you to play the same table over and over and over again. Uh, but the traders would still need to defend that table and that's how they get their points by defending that table. Right. So then, then we get into the resource war and this is the part that makes the, the whole event sort of more narrative and more interesting and, and throws another hitch in here. So each faction loyalist traitor and separatist is battling to take or keep control of the system and its resources of men, material and stores. So each table is going to have um, 10 uh, uh, resource markers on it. Okay. Um, I, either I've got some uh, some uh, mercenary gangers that are going to represent men that are either uh, that are either recruited, impressed into service, because I, I make a distinction on impressed because every time that I've had people read this draft, they're like, why were they impressed? Because impressed means you were forced into service. Right. I've never heard that usage of the term. Apparently, I use too many uh, anachronistic terms. <laughs> so they're, they're inducted, they're drafted, they're impressed into service. Or as we might refer to it, people might remember being shanghaied. Yeah, that's, that's what's happening here. They're getting shanghaied. Okay. All right. 
So I also have some uh, some cool little crates. I want to actually shout this company out because if you are an event organizer or just simply want some really cool stuff for your own games at home, check out Top Shelf Games. Um, what they are actually is they make uh, markers and, and objectives and so forth for... Uh, board games. So, if, like for example, oh, if you yeah. played Arkham Horror, you know you've got the little cardboard tokens for the for the magnifying glass, or the little hearts, or the little brains. They actually make um, some of them are metal, some of them are resin, depending on uh, some of them are plastic, but they're all painted up and everything, come pre-painted and everything, depending upon what game you're playing. You can buy these markers. So I actually went out and got um, from them. I got uh, these small crates that are like futuristic looking crates that are just really cool um i got some uh, uh appropriately scaled fuel barrels and some appropriately scaled grain sacks so you have the fuel barrels and the grain sacks to represent stores of uh, fuel fuel and food and you have the crates to represent uh, arms and ammunition and so between the gangers the crates and the fuel and the uh food you're going to have these 10 of these resources the the food and fuel are considered stores so whether you're picking up a, a, a barrel or picking up a, a sack of grain it's considered the same resource very cool and so there's going to be 10 of these resources uh intermixed so you know some uh, you don't know how much in fact, I don't even know how much any given table is because I'm going to randomly scatter them out when I go to set <laughs> everything up. Uh, but each table is going to have ten of a re- of ten resources, a mix of the three different types of resources. And so, uh, in addition to trying to win your your mission, and if you're a defender to defend your your table, you're also trying to gather up these stores because every ten of a given resource that a faction collects. So say 10 uh, men or 10 uh, stores or 10 ammo crates, not just on your table, not you personally collecting 10, but your faction collecting 10. Right. So, you know, you and you and Teo, you know, playing together as, as traders and he gets five guys and you get five guys. Well, that's 10 resources. You get an additional point towards the campaign. Right. Okay. So, in addition to just trying to win your missions and trying to defend your table, you're trying to get these resources because these resources are also going to count toward campaign points to who the overall winner is. And so it, balance, it adds that additional team element because is everybody just going to be, you know, I'm going to go and try and steal everything I can and we'll, whatever happens, let the chips fall where they may. Or the the faction going to go? Hey guys, you know, in the first round we got a bunch of this, and we don't really have a whole lot of lists. So let's focus more on this stuff because that way we can get more of it to get right. those those additional points. You know, so you know, is the teamwork going to happen? Isn't the teamwork going to happen? It's sort of like playing an MMO and and you know, getting into a, a battleground. And did you end up with a battle team that's going to try and work together, or did you end up with a battle team that's going to just simply? Go at it and hope for the best. Yeah, I can see some lunchtime discussions happening uh, with uh, with the different factions. Like, oh, the separatists are over there whispering about their plans, and yeah, it, it really it, it really pushes that that narrative and wanting. Hey, let's talk about this as a team, and what are we going to f- focus on, and 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 that there that you can 
lose but still win or you or you can both you know you can play a game and both be winners in in it i think that is super cool and it really pushes that you know fun time vibe uh, that you know it's a huge part of of camp for sure that like i think you know the people that at least last year everyone was there to just like have a good time there is you know there's people playing some some good serious games you know and, but it, it, there was definitely a very chilled out it was definitely the most chilled out relaxed kind of i don't want to say tournament but gaming environment that i've ever i've ever been and, in and I, and that's a, a hard thing i've been uh, you know you saying not wanting to say tournament that's a hard thing i've been having to to deal with uh, here in the local scene and that, that it's really starting to finally get there is there was a distinction between running an event and running a tournament mm-hmm. and to the point where again i've I don't even really play eighth edition. I'm not a huge fan of eighth edition um, for many reasons. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, I, I refer to it as, as Stockholm syndrome. I keep going back and playing it for a while and then reminded <laughs> about everything about why I don't typically play it. And then I get away from it and go, Oh, you know what? I miss playing 40 K. <laughs> oh, well, you um, kill me. <laughs> but, uh, but I continue to run the event. So I stay, stay up to date with it because I continue right. to run the events and, and that's one of the big things I had to get people out of the mindset of, because I ended up uh, uh, trying to do a more fun event, and I ended up with two people show up. And so, you know, this is something where I, I you know, I'd love the community to try and reinforce this concept of trying to use the distinction between event and tournament, because if it's a tournament, it should be a competitive thing. If it's an event, it shouldn't be. Yeah. And the reason I had two, only two people show up is because I was running a narrative event for this particular, uh, we do, you know, uh, a monthly thing. And for this particular month, I was running a very, not even like where I'd run sort of a narrative-ish tournament before. Uh, but I was running a pure narrative event. And what I ended up with is I had all of the narrative guys going, well, I don't want to show up because all the tournament players are going to uh, show up with their dick kicker list, kick my dick in and laugh. And it's not going to be fun. Right. And I had all the tournament players go, well, I don't want to show up because I, if I bring my dick kicker list, I can't just win by kicking people's dick. <laughs> So, you know, I had nobody show up because the the uh, the tournament players weren't going to auto win by having the most asshole list that they could run. And none of the narrative players wanted to come because they thought all the tournament players were going to show up with their asshole list. Right. So uh, at that point, that's where I actually uh, worked with the store and found time. And we actually ended up uh, creating an ITC event separate from the regular 40K event so that, you know, we could get away from this, you know, it's not quite a hardcore tournament thing that we've been running for a long while because we did hardcore for a while and right. and then we did not hardcore and we tried to alternate between them and it got sort of frustrating. And then when we were trying to run pure narrative events, we would run into that thing where you know people didn't want to play pure narrative events because they thought one or the other was going to happen. So we actually divided it out. And so we're very big on here locally uh, using the term event to describe something that is not a tournament. Right. It is not intended to be competitive. Um, you can bring a, a fun list to this and just enjoy because your win-loss record, you know, the in heresy, it's it's not ever really been a big deal anyway because your individual win-loss record oh, almost doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's a matter of what did the faction do? What did the yeah. loyalists do? What did the traders do? You know, so your individual win-loss record holds 
almost no bearing on anything. Just what did you add to the overall whole? Um, but um, in, in that 40K side, you don't have that. So, um, And that's where I try to encourage this community as a whole. And what I've done here in, in Dallas and running our 40K events at, at Texas Toy Soldier is reinforce that, okay, the first weekend of the month is an event. This is something where you come and you have fun. There's going to be prizes generally, but the prizes are not going to be based on your win-loss record. And then the following week is ITC. So if you want your most asshole lists that you can run, hey, that's what ITC is for. Right. So, um, but yeah, you, you mentioned, you know, well, it wasn't quite a tournament. I don't intend my games to be tournaments, uh, especially not for the heresy. These are events. These are coming out. If you'll notice as I describe this, at no point did I say, if you win you're doing good. I said, if the side is winning, yeah, the faction you, know, you, wins. Can, you can do yeah. right. Exactly. If you, what you're doing helps your faction. And that's especially true in the, in the resource war, because generally speaking, you're not going to be able to, at least on a game to game basis, you're never going to be able to, uh, to score points on your own. It's what did your faction do? Yeah. And so that's what this is all about. So even if you come and, you know, you, you do lousy on your primary missions, if you were still getting resources, you can still be helping your side. Right. No, I think that's uh, – and it, it, it's cool too because then it, you could uh, – even with doing something like this, you could have like a, a resource king award or something like that of someone that you know just did the most pillaging. And it just opens up to different, different kind of uh, prizes that you could award that – well, no, I mean, if we're going with the, you did the most pillaging, it's not going to be a resource king award. You're going to be a Viking. Uh, okay, sure. I, I just I, mean, like, it, it opens up by doing a format like this. It, it kind of gets away from the, uh, you know, some of those typical awards that we see at a lot of events. Right. And you could do some different and cool things that are like, you know, have that on your, your Viking award. Like, well, what did you do to go win that? Well, you know, it just opens up uh, some cool cool different uh things that you could do uh not to say and, that. and you can remind them that you know when you go a viking because that's where the term comes from it's actually an a, a verb okay is when you go a viking always remember rape pillage then burn yes if you do it out of order things get weird <laughs> all right so yeah it's like the, i i just i think it's so cool of just um the how the scorings work that you have the the aspect of the resources you have aspect of the you know the quote on the there's the resource missions there's the the regular quote unquote missions of like table quarters things like that it, it just ha- it's there's so much going on but yet at the same time it's it's easy to understand it's like a very small player pack like it, i think in total with the missions it's what three? No, like four, four, three, four five or five pages. pages. Like it's it's not very big. It's all very straightforward, which I think is is excellent. Like I, as soon as I was reading this, I was just like, I can't wait. I, I wish we were doing this for the event that we did. We played this past weekend. Like as you sent it to me, like the two weeks before or something. I was just like, damn, like this looks awesome. <laughs> I wish we were doing this. Well, so this well, is uh, very cool, man. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rip into the organizers for the deuce too much, but I will mention that the organizers did have access to the Battle of Montauk because the one of the organizers expressly and explicitly demanded I send him a copy of the packet. This is true. Yes, this is true. <laughs> but then right, so I had I, a whole bunch of people from Heresy Camp coming up to my event, and I was like, well, I can't just you know. Can't just throw down all these that these these guys have already played. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of the things I'll say that I, I really kind of uh, am psyched on, aside from the fact that you know I'm just psyched for camp and seeing all my ham, uh, Heresy fam, um, I'm really kind of excited because uh, this guy I know that's going to be running the Adeptus Titanicus event mm. has gotten an early look at the uh, at my event and went, "Wow, this is." friggin awesome hey man i just love this can i run my event in your setting and i went absolutely because you know what it's just going to make it that much more fun exactly so now we got to figure out who's going first which event's happening first i got to talk to our our time man on that one yeah i i don't know when that uh, conference call is going to happen just yet but that that's coming we know it's coming yeah uh one other thing that i want to shout out for because i I posted it up in the uh, in the wargamer camp uh, group which if you're not in the wargamer camp group on facebook Go sign up. It'll keep you up to date with all the coolest stuff going on for Wargamer Camp. But I want to announce uh, we're going to continue to try and raise money for the Heresy Against DMD. If you're not familiar with the Heresy Against Deshane's Muscular Dystrophy, I do recommend that you look up Heresy Against DMD. Um, It's a great cause. Uh, Freddie and the uh, Varangian Heresy uh, are putting together a a great raffle for that. So you want to make sure you, you spend your $35 and get at least one ticket because... I think it's actually a trend that's been going on the last few years is that, you know, the guy that wins the big, big item is the guy that bought one friggin' ticket. Yeah, like so, one ticket, usually towards the end. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So your one ticket can win you the big prize, which is this year I think they're doing three 2,500-point uh, armies. I've been seeing some work on that going on. Yeah, I, uh, I happen to know. I happen to know from a from a uh, uh, reliable source that I tend to see in the mirror every morning uh, <laughs> that uh, a uh, limited edition copy of the Solar Wars is going to be available, book number four ninety nine. That is so, amazing, uh, sir. You're a gentleman for doing that. Um, Speaking of gentlemen, I do want to give a shout out to my brother who works for SpaceX. Uh, he is a gentleman in which he had given me something very special because he knows how much I'm into the space industry. And and I just I got really excited when he started working for SpaceX as an engineer. And uh, if you remember recently, uh, they had just sent up the very first uh, Dragon crew capsule yes. as part of a test mission to the ISS. Well. Some of the stuff that was on the ISS, including the uh, little world plushie toy that got stolen by the crew of the ISS, <laughs> was some of the mission patches for the uh, DM-1 mission, the Dragon Module 1 mission. Uh, and uh, I happened to get two of those patches, and one of them went to Sweden for a raffle. Oh, man, that's so cool. So one of the things that you can win in the raffle is a patch that went to the ISS and came back. Oh man, I you know you know what prize I want. <laughs> I don't care I, about I, any of that other stuff. That would that's what I, I do, want. I do. <laughs> so the reason I was bringing up the heresy against DMD and you know the raffle, aside from the fact that it's an amazing thing to 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 work on and and 
again, I recommend everybody check it out, is we are going to be doing something special at the camp this year, raising money for DMD, is we're going to be giving out Weird Geld. Uh, Basically, Weird Geld, uh, Fate Money. Um, If you break it down into the old English, it's Fate Money. And so this, a $5 donation is going to get you a coin, and that coin can be used in any event that you attend to do one free reroll. So those that are familiar with uh, with 40k, think of it as a free reroll command point. Right. Um, but you can use it in any event. So if you come to my event and go, crap, I just failed that save that I really, really, really needed to make. Well, if you spend your five dollars and you can buy your your coin, uh, I think it'd be best between players if they decide that you can spend that money during the uh, rounds or have to have spent it before the rounds. I think, in my opinion, that uh, you know it's probably better that you had to have spend it before and come in with your coins. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I'm not going to make that that the determination. I'll let players make that determination if they go along. You know, if they get to that that you know critical role and go crap, well, I'm willing to spend five dollars on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, hope you can find a counselor that has some coins that you can buy. But, right. You know. <laughs> well, and I think I liked uh, what I liked when you made that post on the uh, the War Games Camp um, web pages or Facebook page is uh, the the thing that I like the most is that you can also give it over to your opponent. Like, hey. That sucked. Why don't you take my coin here and, and do that reroll? You know, just a really good sportsman thing. And yeah, I, I just, and then you also have, it's almost like a little lodge medal too, a little lodge coin. That's what I'm kind of looking at them like, get a little, uh, a little extra thing to bring home from camp. And and you're absolutely welcome to do that. I'm actually going to be bringing the the coins that are pictured there. That's actually the coins that I ordered. I ordered them for a, a knight has salute here locally, where people would use them to buy their knights, and then they could use them to pay for repairs. You could also use them for, uh, and you'd you'd also pay for them if you uh, were in one of the. Uh, um, Challenges. So if you got challenged and you were fighting and you lost the challenge, you'd you'd pay over your coins. Uh, but you could also use them for betting, which was really good as well because one of the uh, one of the overall prizes was to the person who had the most money at the end of the the oh, event. Cool. Okay. So um, I order a whole bunch of those for that hassle, and that's what I may be bringing to camp as as uh, these wear guild. Um, and uh, so you're more than welcome to to take those coins home if you want. Um, I don't feel bad about it because I think they're really cool. I will say, and this is just something that I do special, um, but a lot of people who've played me think it's a really cool idea. I'm going to mention coins because I'm going back to Top Shelf Game again because these are where <laughs> I ordered the coins from. Oh, okay. Again, like I said, awesome. I like this. I really like this company. They have some Egyptian coins. And what army did I say I played? Ah, yeah. I think yeah. I think you have an army that somewhat goes along with an Egyptian theme at at some point earlier. <laughs> So, so my objective markers are these copper Egyptian coins. The rest of the coins that I ordered, they're challenge coins. So if you all play me and you play my Thousand Suns, ah, I like that. Whether you win or lose, you get a challenge coin. So that is similar to what Vince did for this past weekend. I'm going to turn my camera back on here for a second uh, to show you this. But he 3D printed these coins these lodge coins they're you know they're basically fit up the palm of my hand 
And on it, it says Vince and Kurt, because they were teamed up together. It's got right. half of the Thousand Sign, or Thousand Sun sign, and half of the Alpha Legion sign. And then it says BDE for Big Dick Energy. And on the nice. back, it says Drop a Deuce 69. So nice. they, they were giving these out to uh, the guys that they played, which, you know, really cool. We had another guy in uh, at our event that was giving out little patches. Like every time uh, he played someone, they would get a patch. So, yeah, cool little things like that. That's, a, Speaking that's of awesome. Patches. Speaking of patches, I see that Apollo patch and everything there behind you. Yes. You should have your heresy camp patches up there too. It's right here. Well, that's because well, they're, no, no, they're on my they're on my fanny pack still. Oh, oh okay, okay. So, I'll, I'll give you that one then. Yeah, this this was my extra one that I could put here, but uh, yeah, nice. the, those ones I got to figure out what we're gonna what we're doing with uh, with them. I haven't decided if I'm gonna put my patch heresy patch onto my vest and then start making rings of my little uh my patches that i got from different events around it i i haven't made that decision you know that could be a thing i mean i do have my uh, my mc uh vest uh, my motorcycle club vest that i could uh, put some patches on that would work i like People your idea good. of the of the little side bag too for uh the messenger bag yeah, yeah the messenger bag or even a sash i like the sash idea well see i like the sash idea but the sashes are hard because you got got to get different size sashes a messenger bag is adjustable Mm -hmm. and the thing is you've got enough space on the entire strap of the messenger bag plus that entire front facing on the messenger bag you could even go on the back so it gives you plenty of space that as we go forward in uh in doing these uh wargammer camps and the heresy camp and everything and as other events go hey man patches are cool you know, you can start adding it and have plenty of space for the for it on a messenger bag. And the messenger bag is useful because you can just throw all your books in it too. Yeah, totally. Just between uh, between games and just to move things. But yeah, who knows what's going to be in the in the goodie bags this year? All I know is that last year they were off the hook. So I I oh, can't yeah. wait to see what's uh, what's going to go on this year. It's going to be awesome. Well, I'm, I'm expecting some good things. I mean, after all, it, it's Michael and Ryan uh, headlining this, and, and they did such a wonderful job last year. And Ryan's already uh, made arrangements so that we're getting some tenderloin uh, on one of the days, and I'm looking forward to that. Oh, good, 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 good. I can't wait for it, man. It's going to be great. I can't, so uh, how, what do you, uh, are you going to fly up? Or are you going to drive up? What's your uh, mode of print? transportation well i'm going to be driving up because uh there is a large model course that henry's going to be running oh you're going to monday do that. tuesday yeah. i'm going to go ahead and do that sweet uh because because uh well i started a new job and the new job sucks about taking time off but it seems nobody wants time in september so i was able to not only get uh heresy camp off but I was also, you know, they went, hey, look, you know, now that everybody's filled, we've got all these extra dates that, that didn't get filled. And I was like, well, the Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday didn't get filled. So I'm going to go ahead and take those off and, and go to the large model course with Henry. So I'm going to be driving up uh, because I'm going to be bringing some train with me. I'm going to be bringing my armies, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, uh, but I'm also going to be packing up my uh, my airbrush kit uh, yeah. so that uh, – um, I have it for the large model course, which Henry said he was going to be bringing enough stuff that you don't necessarily need to bring stuff. But in going down to Houston, I found that, you know, I can fit everything but the compressor 
into this one large box that I have that has carry handles on it. So right. it includes three three Vallejo cases, all of my my stuff for airbrushing and uh, everything, and all my regular brushes and everything. So it's also it all good just working with your own stuff too, right? And exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, I will say that uh, that. Um, Working with Justin, he he did convince me I needed an Evo. Now that I played around with my uh, Patriot 105, so I've gone ahead and, and ordered that one of those. So nice. Um, I'm I'm upgrading. I, I ordered the dual kit, so it has both the uh, the four and the two. And uh, as I've been working on my new airbrush stuff here, I'm like, yeah, I can see where a two would be much better in this spot. Right. Yeah. No. I I'm uh, very very tempted to pick up one of their. Uh, their exclu- their um, exclusive brushes there. Um, very tempting. I just don't. Yes. I don't have don't have the don't have the funds right now to crank that out. But uh, one day it, it will be mine. Oh yes. Yeah, because I I think it's like two hundred and twenty five pounds. Yeah, or something like that. It's not cheap. It's not cheap, but it's definitely something that y- you know you're gonna have forever. So exactly. One, one of these days, sir. One of these days. Hey, we all dream about one of these days, and one of these days came when I got my Phantom Titan. So, you know, <laughs> there, there dreams you do happen. <laughs> dreams do happen. Well, man, it's like I can't wait to obviously get back to camp and just see and hang out with you. But this is such a cool uh, player pack that you've put together. Teo and I can't wait to to dive into this and have some great games. And it is. Are we doing? Um, are we? Is it five rounds or it's, is it six rounds? That we're doing. The intent. The intention is right now uh, two rounds, two days. But okay, yeah. we're going to see what we plan. Because what what I'm basing it on is the minimum of what I consider reasonable for the event. Yeah. Because it's a four day event, and you want to have enough time for. Because they're going to be longer rounds. They're going to be like three hour rounds. So yeah. You want to give enough time for people to be able to play this and still go and play other stuff. But depending upon you know what the schedule ends up looking like and what people want to do. You know, we may uh, we may increase it. Um, I know last year one of the things I did was I had all of the uh, the mission pack and all the models uh, out and available for anybody that wanted to do free play and count their points towards the event. And so I may do something similar again this year. Yeah, I think you know, just simply. I think that aspect that it was kind of open for people to do whenever for, for, you know, those people, hey, we don't have anything going on. Hey, do you want to do this while we're waiting for this next event to happen in a couple hours or whatever? But I think also with that there last year we had we were kind of competing competing is the wrong word, but we, we had the cult of paint classes going on, which were all day. Right. And, and we didn't want those people to miss out on being able to play. So a lot of the time right. we were waiting for those classes to, to finish. And then obviously we're at camp. We don't care about how late they go. They were going late into the evening where I think this time, this time with the, without having those long eight hour class days and having shorter classes, I think, uh, I think we'll be able to work around, you know, not be pushing things out into the evening as much and maybe starting a little bit early or maybe getting an extra round in or whatever. But, you know, and the other thing is by not, because last year when we organized it and and it made sense at the time, but in retrospect, uh, especially given the fact that we're going to be breaking up how the classes run because the classes aren't supposed to run but for a couple of hours at a pop right? Um, for the most part. Uh, last year what we did was we were doing everything as, you know, in the morning was, was hobby classes and in the afternoons was the uh were the events but you know it made it kind of rough if you weren't 
actively taking the airbrushing class because we only did, you know, airbrush two days. Then we did, uh, you know, uh, a day with um, some, uh, like the LED and resin course was on one day right. and then it was back to airbrushing, you know? So if you weren't actively doing airbrushing, which for me at the time, I never touched an airbrush. I will straight up admit that right up until, uh, uh, nine Oh five in the morning on, uh, June 1st, <laughs> um, once, uh, Justin sat me down and, and started, you know, going, this is what an airbrush is. This is how to work it. Um, I will admit that I was terrified of airbrushes. In fact, the more I listen to, to people talking about airbrushing, and, and I will honestly admit, I started having panic attacks at the word easy when it was referred to as airbrushing. So, um, because it was not a skill I'd had, it was a skill that I was always in trepidation for. Um, I'd had people show me a little bit, like uh, I had John had just taken the CK Studios course and was airbrushing some terrain. Now we did a an event based around murder several years ago, and so we were doing terrain specifically for murder and and meant a lot of bulk painting and he was trying to get me to to use the airbrush to do the painting and i felt very uncomfortable doing it i did it for like maybe a half an hour or an hour um very uncomfortable the whole time and when we got to a point where we needed to start doing some dry brush work i was like i was the first one to volunteer to put an airbrush down um but, uh, you know, as such, I'm, I wasn't taking those courses last year. And so, you know, it meant that I got in some really good games because that, that, uh, that giant, uh, uh, pickup game that we did with Ezra and, and, and everybody, um, that I was glad, I'm glad Chris pretty got out a chance to, to come and even join us for that for a while, even though he had to leave early, you know, that was just a massive game and it was a hell of a lot of fun. And we added ZM elements to it. So if you ran into that one building that, that had the ZM board inside yeah, the so building, cool. we took the lid off and you ran around ZM trying to get the objective inside the building. And then we had and the lid, we had the top of it on another table that we kept forgetting. Cause there was that like stormbird landing on it or not stormbird, but something was landing on it, dropping things off and a little battle on top. Yes, yeah, exactly. So we had the battle on top of the building. We had the battle inside the building. We had the build the battle on top of the, uh, the highway overpass and underneath the underneath, highway yeah. overpass. And yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I, I, that was, that was one of my highlights of camp, honestly, aside from getting to meet everybody and, and just, you know, uh, absolutely loved, uh, everybody I met. And that's, that's honestly my big takeaway of camp is, is, uh, I've been to cons. Uh, I've never been to a, a tabletop wargaming con. I've never done the like Adepticon, uh, but I, I used to work the con circuit, like actually be part of staff right. uh, when I lived out east. Um, and you know, I worked Origins. I've worked Gen Con. I've done New York Comic Con. It was also the reason why I swore I was never going back to New York City ever again. <laughs> and I've kept to the, I've kept to that vow. By the way, I even had people try to pay me to go to New York City, and I told them to go away. <laughs> Um, I do not have, I did not have a good time in New York city. I'm not, I don't deal with crowds that big that well. Um, um, especially not with just random strangers that I have no correlation with cons themselves I can handle. Um, but you know, as much as I enjoy that con atmosphere, um, and you know, cause you, it doesn't matter what they're into at that particular con. When you go to a gaming con like origins or, or gen con, which is more, much more generic, uh, than say Adepticon, which is more focused on tabletop war gaming. Um, 
you're always going to have some sort of connection with these people around you. Right. But it's still, there's so many people and there's so much going on that, that you can't really have that deep connection and friendship. And with the, uh, the fact that we only had about 60 people or so last year, um, I think, our, I think our final number came up like 65 or something like right. that. Yeah. That's not, too many people to, you know, make sure that you, you get a chance to interact with, with everyone. I mean, I don't think I can name everybody that was in camp, (laughs) but if I saw somebody from camp, I could tell you that I, I know, Oh, Hey, they were at camp last year and and I could walk up and I, and I could probably even tell you what they were doing, you know, when I, when I met them at camp, you know, and, and so forth and so on, because you had that much more intimate connection. You know, I mean, obviously you've got a lot of the big names that were there, like Henry and and Jay and and Paul and Vince and uh, you know Trevor, because you know that guy fucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's true. It's it is known, as they say. <laughs> it is known. Um, but you know, even even the people that I I don't know intimately, I you know I still had an intimate connection with them, you know, and I could still walk up to them and and just be happy to you know see them again. And so that's that atmosphere that the camp really brought. I mean, you know, it's funny we call it a camp because we sort of were making it like a summer camp. But when you think about going back, you know, if you've been to a summer camp, if you had that experience growing up there was that sort of intimacy with all the campers that we went to. And generally when you go to camp, you don't know a lot of the people day one, you might know a couple of people, but you don't really know a lot of people day one. And when you got there, everybody was just like, you know, so welcoming that, that you were part of the family right away. I think Henry actually described it well. And that, you know, he was really, really concerned because he didn't know anybody. He had met Ryan once. Yeah. He talked to him online a little bit and then he got there and like, just everybody was, everybody was just family for him. Yeah. You know, they, they were just there and that's, that's what it was. I mean, you really I, nailed it, it there with the, the can like, you know, I, I went to camp for like 12, 13 years and, and yeah, you, you arrive, you know, your your kid, 12 years old or whatever you arrive there you you don't know anyone so like hey what's this going to be like i'm going to be stuck with these people for like two weeks or a month or whatever and then you know fast forward to the end of that time and it's just like oh man bye like i'm gonna miss you see you next summer kind of thing and that was totally the same thing out of heresy camp like yeah i had a great time playing games you know your event was amazing but like the, it's the people that I met there that really made camp what and it was. And that's it. It's like sun, Sunday came around, and like everybody there had to leave at some point on Sunday, and everybody was putting it off for as long as they could. Sunday sucked, man. <laughs> Everyone like was so poopy, like just trying to avoid the inevitable of leaving. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's. Because that was like camp, you know, you never wanted to leave camp once you got there. You didn't want to be there when when you got there. And then when you were leaving, you didn't want to leave. And that's, I, I mean, I didn't have that on, because uh, uh, I went out Wednesday to help set up and, and it was already starting to be like, hey, you know, hey, it's great to see everybody, you know, because a lot of everybody was coming in early that, that were helping to set up. Right. Uh, so I got a little bit of an early experience of that. But, you know, I didn't ever have that thing where you had as a kid where, you know, I don't want to go to camp because I wanted to be there. But then once it got going, it was so much even better than I expected. And, and it really was. I did not want to leave come Sunday. Yeah. yeah. And uh, some teary goodbyes, lots of hugs, you know, 
and uh, not looking forward to that Sunday this year, but damn, am I looking forward to all of, uh, you know, getting there and, and just all the new people that we're going to get to meet. And, uh, you know, I think it says a lot like this past weekend, we had our Juices Gone Wild event and we had, there were eight guys here, eight guys mm-hmm. from Heresy Camp. And like, you know, that's crazy when we had 60 people total and eight of them show up at one of my events here in canada like that's crazy Mm -hmm. there's there's the love man so uh and and they and they all uh supported you and saying how awesome it was and you managed to convince everybody at the deuce that they're making a mistake by not going to war game camp well yeah i've been trying to (laughs) uh trying to push it as much as possible man well i i understand that you finally convinced Teo that it's the thing to do well we didn't convince Teo was gifted a gifted a ticket no one knows who but now he's nice. coming. So well, I've been trying to I've been trying to tell John that you know as nice as Tokyo is, <laughs> it's not going to have the camaraderie of, of War Game Camp. It's like Indiana. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you about Indiana. If you want anime, well, there's Gen Con, but that's not going to be going on at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it's going to be great. I can't wait to uh, for us to get together. I can't wait to get get a big bear hug from Will. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. Tenderloins and, uh, you know, no bugs, hopefully just hanging around the campfire that one night. It's going to be great. It's uh, I'm really looking forward to it, man. It's going to be great to get everyone back, back together and dive into some deep narrative gaming. Yeah, and and some good drinking because I don't I, I appreciate alcohol, but I'm not really a drinker. Um, and I got to say that there was a nice collection of stuff on on the uh, booze table that uh, I did not spend a night that I wasn't drinking. In fact, I drank more that uh, that week than I had drank in like you know eight months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm kind of looking forward to it because I again I'm not very much of a drinker. My father was an alcoholic, so I'm very cautious, cautious about my drinking. On that. Yeah, for sure. Um. Because you know it is, it does run in the family. Uh, after all, I do have both Irish and German uh, ancestry, so it'd be really easy to become an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, but I, I am going to be bringing up. Uh, uh, I've been since introduced to uh, a uh, local distillery that makes amazing Texas bourbon. Oh, uh, yes. In sir. fact, in fact, I sent some up to Chicago with uh, John Christensen. Oh yeah. For Mark, for Mark to bring back to Canada. Uh, for JP, so uh, he could enjoy some uh, of this great Texas bourbon that oh, uh, this particular excellent. batch that I sent him. It's an old fashioned in the bottle. They actually distill it in the cask with the uh, liqueurs and everything so that it comes right out of the bottle as an old fashioned. Oh, crazy. That's awesome. So I'm going to be bringing that, some of that up with me. Oh, tasty. Um, uh, so, uh, and of course I'm going to ask you to bring down some maple whiskey. I mean, it's not going to be the, the same stuff we had last year. I mean, that was the trade. It was supposed to be, Mark was supposed to be bringing me some of that, uh, Quebec, uh, maple whiskey that we had, oh, Okay. but he, he got to the airport cause I have a buddy of mine that works at the airport and, uh, he got to the airport cause my buddy said what you should do cause the, the rules can sometime change about how much you can bring with you, Right. get to the airport Go to the duty free. They'll tell you what the current rules are, because apparently it fluctuates. Sometimes they, you know, depending upon what the vagrancy of of the provincial laws are, you can either have between four and six bottles. Okay. And he was going to bring me as many as he could, and he was like, "Go to the duty free. Get into the duty free. First of all, it's going to be cheaper. Andrew, it's going to be duty free. Right. And they'll tell you how many you can take on the plane. And Mark got there, 
and Duty Free was sold out. No. In fact, my my buddy, I told him, yeah, Duty Free was sold out. He's like, wait, what? That never happens. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, he turned around and I told him that right after Mark said that. And like Mark and Mark asked me, did you did you want anything else? I was like, no, most everything else you could get me, I can I can get here or get it smuggled some other way. <laughs> uh, but due to provincial law, uh, provincial laws uh, about export of certain. Uh, types of alcohol that wi- that whiskey apparently can't be uh, exported outside of the province because fuck Canada, uh, not fuck Canada, fuck Quebec. Let me yeah, get this straight. Of those fuck laws, Quebec. Of, yeah. Well, I've, I've it, definitely been thinking about what I'm going to bring down. I, I'm going to, of course, the the maple whiskey of some sort was on the list for for you to add to the communal booze table, which will obviously be the first table that's set up at War Games Camp. I would I would imagine, and uh, I've got a, a nice uh, a nice Vancouver Island uh, distilled gin for uh, Mr. Henry Steele. After our little conversation, he was saying that he was a big gin fan, so I got him a little. Uh, well, how can you not have a, a a nice relaxing evening without a good gin and tonic? Well, exactly. Yeah, and then uh, and then I'm going to bring something else. I haven't quite quite figured it out but all i know is that my big thing is going to be bringing some some like small batch indiana bourbon back with me that's what i'm gonna be keeping my eyes out for for sure so that sounds like a good plan man yeah man well dude i can't i can't wait to uh to get there to meet back up with you meet back up with all the rest of our uh heresy boyfriends and thanks a lot for coming on and and giving us a little uh a little sneak peek at to um to the player pack if people want it to take a look at it you know even if you're not coming to war games camp and just want to take a look at it for ideas uh go to the war gamer camp facebook page uh like that and then uh it's just uh at this point it's near right near the top and uh so you can check that out and we'll yeah man thanks a lot thanks for all the hard work that you put into putting these things together and i know like just all the the painting that you did for the models last year uh for like the knights and those bunkers and everything um lots of work that you put in and it's definitely appreciated by all of us that uh attend the event so uh thanks a lot man absolutely and all i can think is that uh it is now officially three months from camp as of today. As of today. And Ooh. as of today, it's three months from camp. And, uh, God, that's going to be a slow three months. I don't know. It might be fast. It might be. Well, you, you're right, because I am starting a whole new uh, airbrushing project for camp. So it might be too fast. But I just know that I can't get here soon enough as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so. man. Well, until then, man, I can't wait to see you. And uh, we will definitely uh, we'll be back with some live recordings from camp uh, in the, the near future. So, uh, oh, man, I look forward to it. All right, buddy. Well, thanks again for coming on, and we will be back to close out the show. Take care, guys. Peace out. All right, fair listeners, we are back for the outro, and you've just got me, AJ. So thank you very much to everyone that came out to the 74th annual Deuces Gone Wild. Such a great event. Awesome to see so many great guys come out, so many awesome armies. Can't wait for next year, and the 
12th inaugural Big D event happening June 6th and 7th. We will have a save the date out there very shortly for that. I want to thank Will for coming on and explaining to us all the goodiness that's going on at Heresy Camp, or sorry, War Games Camp for uh, the 30K narrative. And always great to uh, talk to Will. Um, You can check us out on Facebook, Boys of the Golden Throne on Facebook. We've also got the BotGT 30K on Instagram. And you can follow John at Big John West on Instagram. Coming up, starting tomorrow, so it's a little late to jump on, but we've got the CK Studios class happening in Victoria, so I can't wait for that. I'm literally just getting together all of my goodies right now, getting prepped for Cat and Caleb to land and a few hours so looking forward to that and then of course we've got war gamers camp happening in indianapolis indiana september 12th through 15th and the same weekend there's heresy weekender north happening in markdale ontario so check those out and uh then we will leave you with hopefully not too much of a junk drunken rambling heresy after dark but stay tuned after the credits for a little extra action peace out boys or peace out everyone not just boys girls animals pets dogs uh, giraffes you know the whole works teo um we will catch you next episode peace out To the boys of the Golden Throne. Roger Dark. Oh, yes. It's... Ooh, you touch my tra la la. And when it starts like that, you know it's going to be dark. You know it's going to be bassy. So we are, we've moved up from the usual Otter Den, and we are sitting, the wife's away, we're sitting in my living room. We are surrounded by a whole bunch of fine, handsome gentlemen. We have... John, we've got Teo, of course. We've got G. Bert. Good day. <laughs> we've got Matt Virgin. We've got James. We've got Kalis. We have got fucking Ask Jeremy. <laughs> and then we also have my fucking heresy boyfriends that are out smoking fucking darts outside, looking at me, giving me fucking nipple twisting. <laughs> They're lifting up the skirt of the night out there. They are lifting up the skirt of the night. And one of those people <laughs> is Vicente, and he's going to come in here, hopefully on fire. Gonna feed him, we're going to feed him sex. bourbon. and Bourbon and Adderall. And, and Adderall. It's, shit's going to get real. So, because we have many people in this, and we don't want it to... 
devolve into a complete shit show, which it will eventually. We all know this. But we have a fine bottle of bullet bourbon here, which we get the sound from. And this will be the speaking bourbon. So... Is that what we're doing? Is that? Yeah, I think yeah. that's a fairly good. Idea. So I mean, it's the talking. Gilbert, oh, here he comes. Hashtag Mr. Big Dick Energy himself. Oh man. Wait. Oh, Subtle up, man. Vicente. Oh, I'm taking shit. Now this is what the this is what we're talking about. Heresy after dark. How big? How like are we talking like? Well, a, it's not going to be that fucking gluten free like grass shits you take. <laughs> Well, they're so. <laughs> they're very hay. He sneezes as he takes a it's, shit. It's, it's like a, a cow poo. You know, it's mostly grass. Let me go drop the deuce before the deuce. <laughs> Double deuce. So I'm well, gonna, we lost the centimeter tower to drop on a fat deuce. <laughs> so I'm gonna pass the 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 bullet. Who wants the bullet bourbon? Who wants to talk about their excitement? Oh, oh Teo does. You can take a taste of that bourbon oh. if you want. Maybe, actually, could you give me a little dog? I will give you a little schnifter. Oh, that sounds beautiful. My headphones uh, right now, too. Oh, there we go. All right. Just a dollop, bud. Chin chin, sir. Chim chimney, chim chim true. Don't worry, you can't hear it, Kalis. You can't. Well. <laughs> Kalis's mind just blew up. Kalis is unhappy right now. <laughs> it's all my favorite sound. <laughs> Air horns and fucking dick sucking Air horns, dick sucking noises. Right. noises. Tango has the talking bourbon. So, so yeah. we know, sorry, we know that that's what Kalis is looking forward to, is, is dick sucking noises and... And air horns, but Teo, what are you looking forward to? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to hopefully this uh, this hair dye sticking. Oh, yeah. Literally, there's hair dye in Teo's hair as oh, we yeah. speak. Oh yeah, I look like the tip. Yeah, I like had so much product in there. I looked like alfalfa from fucking uh, what's that show called? Little Rascals, yeah, yeah. Little Rascals? The Little Rascals. I got a pickle. I got a pickle. I got a pickle. Is that Little Rascals? Yeah, yeah. That's a dollar, but he's close. No, doesn't he have a pickle out there? He gets a pickle. Yeah. That's a dollar. That's I got a dollar. I got a dollar. I got a dollar. <laughs> he is food oriented. He just got. I pickle. just want pickles. Uh, so he's like, I don't want no dollar. Ain't so pickle. many pickles, my dick hurt. <laughs> But yeah, we're uh, we're getting ready for the deuce. Uh, it's been uh, pretty. Oh, I think I don't know if any of you watched the live Facebook feed. Well, you should. You really, really should. Or not? No, don't. You, you really no, should. It might have been pulled down by Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been. If it you get to hear John laugh like a butthead for like a good three minutes straight. That's the most episodes. <laughs> so pretty average about thirteen minutes of every episode, approximately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. If someone could go and through all of our episodes and just edit like one big long butthead laugh, <laughs> that would be the greatest thing. I'd release. That's like an Eric job right there. If someone, yeah, Eric, if you want to do that and you can send it to me, I will release that as a whole episode to it. So. Oh. Fuck. Oh yeah. No, we love it. We love the butthead laugh. 
It's just John Butthead laughing. You know what? If we did it, I would just I would just loop it until we got to one minute long. <laughs> no one would know the difference. No one would know. They would be like, listen yeah. to it for two seconds. And uh, like, yeah, I'm, I'm deleting I'm this from my library. Yeah, <laughs> fuck this podcast. Yeah. All right, so Tay, you've 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 painted like three and a half thousand points in what two weeks? Uh, a little more actually, because I painted something last night too. What did you paint? So I painted a, a Venator because uh, me and Virgin are teamed up, and I was thinking our anti-tank was a little light. So I uh, painted up a Venator last night at like 2.30 in the morning and while, while watching The Knight's Tale. I want for the hell. Wait, The Knight's Tale? Like Nike Swoosh Knight's Tale? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I had a theory about it. So I was watching the movie, and there's a moment where like he gets caught for being like a peasant. I love that you have a theory about Knight's Tale. Yeah. And just continue, yes. <laughs> and... Uh, all of his friends would tell him to leave. And my idea was, like, like if he was a normal person, he would have left. But because, like, he's actually good at fighting, he should have become a mercenary. And that would turn into a more, like, dark, grim version of that movie. I really like that you have deep thoughts about Night's Tale. Like, I've got deep thoughts about a lot of random things. Like, uh, I remember one time at work, someone asked me, like, if you could be in a gay relationship with any celebrity, who would it be? Oh, who would it be? Uh... Would you be the debutante first? That's the first no, question. no, just just me and the just person. Just Teo, not the debutante. Uh, I was thinking Nick Offerman. I don't know who that is. Ron Swanson. <laughs> yeah, like, Ron Swanson. That's a good. That is a good. I was thinking. I was like, that would be a great person to be in a relationship with. James, there is no hesitation there. Yeah. That was just like, oh yeah, I, I can get behind that. Yeah. Set. No, yeah, your entire oh, yeah. relationship would be woodworking and me. Woodworking. And bourbon. Yeah, that's all. That you sounds pretty like. awesome. I don't. I, didn't, I think pole smoking would be somewhere in there as well. No, you work the woods, my What are you talking about? Where's the woodworking? Oh, it's got a nice varnish finish. Yes. Yeah. So, just polish the knob. Yeah. For real, I just want to just before we get off the too far away from you painting something in three weeks. What I really, really want to see is like a fucking no holds barred like painting competi- competition. Competition. Oh, like you and Jeremy. Yeah. And who can paint the fastest? Who can paint a three thousand point list in two weeks? Oh God. No, we could crush that. No, we, my, no it's got to be like... I got, I got, I got this better. Two weeks, but no. to who does the better job in, in, in a set... The point is a set amount of time, 3,000 points, who does the better job? No, you don't, you don't do two weeks. No, you do. Yeah. No, we do, I, I have You this. could do... You know we what? I'll the, do my White Scars. You do... Oh, no. I'll do a different army, but you do your Raven Wing. your White Scars. Your Dark Angels. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. I think, I think, screw this. Do you want to bring it to the February event? Jeremy, you should come on the podcast and we should make that a thing. I'd love to see that as a challenge. And then people can play the bets. They are. That's why I think, that's why I stopped the White Scars. But I had an idea about a different Legion to do, so. Oh, Gilbert has grabbed the talking. Gilbert has the talking bourbon? No. The way I think we should run this. All right. Sounds so good. I finally tapped in here. No, what we should do. The night before the event at like five o'clock, provide both these men with liquor and like a three thousand point list, and see <laughs> how done we can get it before the event starts the next day. No, well, this is what oh, I was saying. We're thinking about cool. doing like a one day event in February, like a Bot GT Valentine's Day event or something <laughs> like that, and we just. We get the armies, we supply the armies, and then you guys just have to spend all day yeah. painting, and then you guys got to fight at the end of the day. 
With the army. With the army that you painted. Kalis, you look so unimpressed right now. You're like, this is absolutely, like, not my jam of what you're talking about. But only the models that are, like, to a tabletop standard can be played, so that gives you extra insight. So, the rules of engagement would be three color minimum and basing. Well, but also... Jeremy's like, I'm not down for this. But also, it's going to be judged on... Harshly. Uh, quality. Harshly. <laughs> Harshly. But it doesn't have no, to how be... How can that be re-sprayed yeah. over after the... How can yeah. you judge a 12-hour paint job on an entire army harshly? Like, what the fuck kind of crazy standards do you people have for that kind of time frame? I don't know. I think, like, a base coat stickers call it a day. <laughs> Hello Kitty stickers? I've seen that at LBO, yeah. man. I saw a guy, like, have a bright pink Necron army yeah. with all these Hello Kitty stickers yeah, all over like it. it. was at least in good humor. Yeah. Not but I, I, I think this competition could be something because I both think if me and Jeremy, because we, when we paint, we're not like, we're just kind of doing then our it. Then game will take 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do. Me and Jeremy do have the record for the quickest game. It was White Scars versus Iron Hands Tank Army. Yeah, it was 30 minutes. Yeah, 30 minutes. And you, you, were, you were, the White Scars tabled you. That shit was ridiculous. Like, I just finished setting up against, I think it was, it might have been John. And then you came over and were like, oh, hey, how's it going? I was like, hey, weren't you playing? No, we're done. The Vicente. Vicente. Do you have the drinking bourbon in hand? Get over the here. Get the drinking bourbon and fucking the talk. Talking, the talking. It's Jesus drinking Christ. bourbon. That's also. We're talking. having a side conversation. Yeah, no. but you, are your side conversation picked up on our yeah, mics? Yeah, but no, it, no, it didn't. Yeah, yeah. I can hear it. <laughs> well, prove it. I prove it. Play it back. I don't want to play it back. We're recording right now. Well, then you can't prove it, that right? Look at this. this so is, then it didn't happen. This, prove is that that's exactly lost. Exactly we're on the subject. Sounds like, the moon sounds like you're bringing piss to a shit fight, my friend. This is what this is. Get riled up. Get riled. Hit Jesus that shit. Christ. I'm not hitting that. shit I know. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the mic. I want this big dick energy. You're like I've been painting. <laughs> yeah, it's working. Did you hear that one? I did. Yes, thank you. Okay. So did the listeners. All right, cool. <laughs> yes. Vicente, you've been painting since it's not. It's almost ten o'clock p.m. Yeah. and you've been painting since six thirty. Yes. Uh, how's the progress? A.M. Very well. So, yeah, six thirty a.m. <laughs> I should. I should. How's been so? Oh yeah. So how much more? Are you gonna be up to like two or? No, I I, I think I'm gonna stay on time. Like you said I think you one a.m. One a.m. Yeah, like, one yeah. You were like five minutes. I didn't expect this to happen. I forgot about this, so now this is gonna this is gonna shake things up. A bit. What? <laughs> this recording? Yeah. You forgot that we you had to bring the big thing. Well, yeah, energy? dude. Like I've been painting since like six thirty in the morning. Like you think I like I was thinking about this? You should have been. I mean, you're right. Like, I feel bad that I forgot about it, but <laughs> here we are. It's okay. Tomorrow, we're just going to start can't flying you with alcohol at about 11 o'clock, and then by the time... See, that's why I don't feel bad, because, like, I've been painting all day, and I know I have the next two days of, like, hardcore drinking. So, like, I don't have to really get down tonight, even though I am getting down tonight. It's just one day. We only have the bar open on Saturday. I mean, like, you can only Shit. buy alcohol in like, other places. You sneak it in your pants. Yeah. yeah. We'll just crush hey, some, cr- just fucking crush beers in the parking lot. Or just, you'll be like, oh, John, I just need to get something from your pocket and bend down. Yeah, it's my it's, penis, but it's like actually a two-six tequila. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. 
that. It's like he's yeah. sucking a dip for its own tequila. You, we're going to confuse the fuck out of the Legion staff again. Let's be oh, honest. Yes. The Keyword again. Happened, literally Keyword the again. first thing that happened when we got there is, is something like you said something... I can't remember what you asked, but of course my reply was, was the answer pictures of dicks? And then I turned around <laughs> and I said, old ladies. Old ladies. Yes, he's an old ladies. See, this is, this is, this is what I was telling you about earlier today. Yeah. Like, when John finds something funny, it hits directly at his fucking funny bone, oh, yeah. and it's, it's just, it's like, just like direct, right there. Direct in right the brain, there. Like, <laughs> just, like, all the, what's the... Serotonin. Serotonin, yeah. Direct input, like, yeah, it's true. It's like, as soon as I put on, like, John brought the Creed shirt over, okay? <laughs> See? Like, even really, he just instantly, he just, like, just the thought of it, he just, like, went into... Dude. He was crying was so with laughter watching I, me put this expecting. thing on. And then I threw Dino under the bus completely. So wait, John, is your outfit the one that you posted the picture of a couple days ago? Trunk nuts? Pretty much. Okay. Uh, except I'm wearing a tanking of Furyx, like... Warmaster. War sure. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I'll be because fully. Dave Comet's the shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Vicente. Yeah. You're going to crush names tomorrow? I heard you're making friends tomorrow. That's your plan. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a bachelor. It's a bachelor. He's gonna bring roses. Percentage. Yeah, just gonna hang out with dudes and hopefully get ass blasted. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's why I came to Canada. I traveled yeah. across the entire continent of North America. The complete opposite, like place where you live yeah what do you do miami to lax lax to edmonton edmonton and edmonton to, to victoria fucking victoria yeah edmonton has that weird fucking edmonton eskimos football team yeah and i thought it was the green bay packers when i walked in and i was like holy shit i so wish you went to calgary so you kept badly. thinking that i was in calgary this because entire time it's because like i want i wanted you to one to go to the molson Restaurant because you would have been you'd felt so at home there and to see like the people all the air ten like all the like helpers in the fucking airport they're all still dressed up in their Calgary nineteen eighty eight Olympic garb. Well, I mean, it's awesome. I didn't visit the Molson thing, but I had Molson at the fucking Eskimos bar in the airport. What kind of Molson? Yeah, you have, you have it was Molson Canadian. Molson the the legit stuff. It as, was really as good. People would say very very good. Not me, but some people would say that. And then I've been smoking these Belmonts, so they're pretty dope, too. You like them? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. It is. Well, that's the... That's you gotta, you gotta embrace the culture that you're in, you know? Exactly. So like you get your poutine, and then you're set. I'm still waiting, like... Monopoly. Well, Mr., like, I gotta paint all day. It was, like, down in my basement. Well, you know, I think I'm just, like, saving it, because you say that, like... I've had it once before, but it wasn't real. Like, it was, like, in Scotland. I don't even know. I'm going to have to... Wait. Wait, 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 wait. Rewind. Did you say I once had poutine in Scotland? Yeah. And it was, like, okay. Was it, like, legit... Cheese curds and everything. Really? Yes. Like, legitimate cheese. Did they squeak when you bite into them? Did they squeak a bit? I I, I was drunk. Whoa. Yes. See? What's going on? Hey, bitch, shit, shut your mouth! Oh, my God. Oh, no. Well, someone has frosted tips now. Oh, my God. My chemical romance is frosted. 
Thank you for not making me wear a giant dildo. I would say it'd be like 98 degrees, but you guys don't know the normal way of temperatures. So, like, whatever 98 degrees is in Celsius. Like the boy band? Yeah. Yeah, that was, Teo was in it. He was the fifth member. He didn't. (laughs) No, he wasn't. Let's get real. We all know that Teo's band is a transgender version of the Dixie Chicks known as simply the Dixie Chicks with dicks. That's official. See? That's one of those funny things. He that's wants it. That's one of those funny things. See? <laughs> he wants it to happen. He wants it so to badly. So bad. Just, it's like, so bad. Like, I say this secret? to my girlfriend. She doesn't get the humor. I'm like, it's the Dixie Chicks with dicks. That's hilarious. Jesus. Like it's good, but it's not as funny as you think it is, John. <laughs> John thinks it's really funny. He really thinks it's really funny. But I think it's funny because John thinks it's really funny. Yeah, that's the funny thing about it. We're just having a little intimate conversation. He doesn't even realize it's so, um, who's okay? You haven't seen any tables, Jay. Okay, Jay, we're passing you the fucking talking bourbon. You guys sit on the floor here. We got our boy Jay from fuck flew all the way here from fucking Maryland. No, you're from Maryland. Those but you're in D.C. It's basically the same thing, right? You live in Maryland, but you in work Maryland in D.C. Now. I'm not from Maryland. No, I know that. But you work in D.C. I do. Well, I, I work, yeah, right sure, So one of, one of my heresy camp boyfriends here in the flesh. I missed you. I know. I missed you, too. How, how have you enjoyed Canada so far? <laughs> I have enjoyed it immensely. Yes? Like anything particular? Uh, I do enjoy... Uh, your your free your your recreational substances and laws and laws yes yes I, I thought you would uh, I mean it's a little ridiculous the uh, fact that they don't take our money but they do take your money like I don't <laughs> you're like just, just I'm in so another read, country and they don't take fucking American so like what's with that it's like the fifty first state oh prostitution yeah because. The they won't take his his money, but they'll do other things. <laughs> I, I love that you think that just like it's not Europe, you know, like it, no, like Europe. I would expect them Europe? not to. Not well, some that's that's I Mexico, guess my it's issue. like Mexico. Mexico will take your American funds. They won't take our Canadian dollars. So what's with that, huh? Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy just shit himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so jarring. I don't know how to. I don't know how to go back. Fuck, that should have been Matt. Fucking Matt. I know, Matt. <laughs> it's just gonna. That's how we're gonna All close right. out the Drinking show. Drinking bourbon, Matt. Get over here. We've wow. talked about you so much. You're the most wonderful man of the all. <laughs> We want to introduce you to our just our the favorite, our favorite in the, the whole wide world. I don't got any butt juice to talk about. <laughs> I don't got no butt juice. I got no butt juice. You just got it. So got it. I know it. Oh yes. yes. Right, there we go. Good. So what? Oh. Good. So Matt, I know that you're here. It, yes, sir. It, it was. It was you. You made the trip all the way from Nanaimo, and it was only <laughs> it was only possible because y- you that went down. Name, you I... went down, and you won the Kino the other night. Well, I did. Yeah. So we're up there, and you know we're hiding with the boys, and I get a call from John, and John's like, "Buds, I got a fucking thumb for you." I was like, "What do you mean you got a thumb for me?" He's like, "I got a thumb for you." 
It's like, what do you mean? It's like, well, I'm going to come down here and give you a Canadian handshake. So I was like, what's a Canadian handshake? And he's like, well, it's when I just walk up behind you and you know, give you a kiss on the lips, and then I slip you a big one, at least three knucks deep, right in the hoop. <laughs> so I said, okay, well, I want a Kino big, got them beaver pelts, set them down. And I said, John, I'll be there, bud. We're going to drink the bullet- bulletproof gin, and then we're going to touch tip. Maybe do a little, uh, I don't know, what do you want to put it in? So what do you think? Something deep. <laughs> Something deep and wet, I'm pretty sure. Barrel whiskey. So we threw a watermelon in a microwave. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. And we took that thing, we hammered it in between a mattress and a couch cushion. <laughs> <laughs> Gave it a flick, had time. Mm-hmm. And, um... Ladies and gentlemen, that's, Mr. Matt Birch. That's Pillow Talk with Matt Birch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Matty. Uh, that's, what, that's what Matt's wife gets every night. Every night. And she loves it. It's fucking romantic. It is. It is. It's fucking, you know? Okay, well, I'm going to grab the fucking drink. Oh. Can you, can you, can uh, you, A little, little drinky poop? Yeah. Ooh, that's oh. That's terrible. What the shit so bad that words in the Oh, is that you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Teo. <laughs> okay, Teo. So, Teo, we are serving chili at the bar oh, tomorrow. Jesus. You're not allowed to have any. Drop it, Dustin. Drop the bombs and, like you and she And Matt, Matt, you're not allowed to have any either. <laughs> oh, yes. We're a team. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Just so for the listeners, we wanted to, we were making abundantly clear that uh, Teo and Matt's flatulence is off the hook. Uh, speaking of Matt Crohn's disease, <laughs> I'm still impressed by the. Uh, actually, I gotta tell you something. Thanks, Gbert. I shit so much. I actually have to dab when I wipe. Clay oh, <laughs> wants you to smear it's it like around. Your sharpie, just keep going. And <laughs> keep that little dip on it. Dave just ran back from the fucking bathroom. I know the pain, man. I know the blight. All right, James, get over here. Watch my cooch. Watch your cooch. Watch my cooch. Okay, James, you. What are we talking about now? We're talking about you. We're just talking about you and your excitement. A fine new gentleman in our scene coming over. Ontario has the best to offer, including me, AJ, and James. And that's why we all left. Is that that the only people I'm from? No, and Matt. What? Oh, shit. Ontario, do it. Powerful Ontario nights. So, uh, you tomorrow are going to be organizing a little uh, APOC game, and you're yes. bringing like a small model. I, a small I model? To, the only uh, size the of a toddler. First, yeah, the first <laughs> such toddler sized model that we've had at one of our events. Other than yeah. John's hog! Well, that's. John's hog? You're not allowed to fucking. You're not allowed to fucking be your own hype man for your own cock. Doesn't work like that. Like they wouldn't have known if you didn't say anything. I'm pretty sure they would have actually, John. They would have. Whatever. All right. So a warhound or no warhound? I'm doing this. I did this again. It's a warhound stacked on a warhound. Yeah, it's a warhound stacked on two warhounds. That's what I'm rolling tomorrow. Okay, what legio have you painted in uh, of this war lord? I had it painted since I'm lazy and I like to paint. Oh yes. So, uh, by Mr. The, uh, Odinson himself. He touched it up. Otherwise, it was painted by Marco's studio. 
Oh, really? Yeah. It was shipped here from Europe. Gillis oh, improved upon it, though. Oh, so did you get, did you just ship it to, like, a painting studio in No, Europe? he had it. And then he built it, he painted, he shipped. Okay. And then it finally arrived. Uh, months that, later that shipping was a, <laughs> that was expensive shipping yeah, yeah. it was heavy I just I just sent a war next, hound man. proper war hound to <laughs> Europe and I know how much that costs so yeah that yeah it was a lot yeah but it's gonna be I can't wait to see it oh it'll be great are you gonna bring it in and like a, a little baby Bjorn and just wear it on your front walking in it's already, already there, I, know. I, know, I know I know I know I didn't you didn't pull it out did you no I didn't pull it out I, I haven't seen it. No, it's in a Pelican case upstairs. This is the only thing you can transport. <laughs> so it's the only thing in that Pelican case. That is the only thing in that giant Pelican case is that World War Lord. I know, I've seen one. I've seen one at LVO. It's still like insane. It's yeah, so that funny. That motherfucker paid 60 bucks to check that fucking thing. It was three different pet things he told me. He was talking to me about it. It's three different bags? three different things broken in three different sections. He paid $60 to check that fucking Warlord to LVO. Jesus. You know you got money when? What? <laughs> 60 bucks? That's nothing. No, that's, that's not nothing. a lot. Of, like, to yeah. check a warlord? That's fucking craziness. No. no. I just bought a seat no, craziness would be Do you have any idea how much it cost me to ship mine back from Adepticon? Yeah, oh, I'm done. Oh, you have one, too. Did you ship it? Yeah. How much well, was it? Whatever, that doesn't make you any that, less crazy. I'm saying any normal person. $50 to ship that plus another... Eighty dollars to ship another box of shit. Jesus, but you're and already buying. And that's U.S. dollars, sir. And that was ground, <laughs> ground. Like I'm like, it doesn't have to get. I, I oh, know yeah. where it's going. This is going home. You're like my fin- house you're doesn't a go. Finished painting, really? warlord. Yeah, and it arrived. Nothing cracked. Just it was compression. Well, you probably should have taken compression another one. And I, does anyone and know? Buy if- another seat ticket for it on the plane. Did you really do that? No, but like that's what I, you would have had to do. Like, what am I gonna? But that would be awesome if you're literally like you're getting on your flight from Adepticon and you're walking down the aisle of the plane and suddenly you walk by some dude and he's sitting beside like a fucking war warlord that's just strapped into the seat beside him. That'd be the funniest thing ever. Just kidding. What do you guys use point sport warlord? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, I use in the world, I use my in the world to a person who thinks that spending sixty dollars on transporting a model to Las Vegas is not expensive. Each way, to be clear, each he was way, co- wasn't so he coming from like one hundred and twenty dollars from England? Yeah, that's nothing. That's dude. nothing. That's, that's nothing. nothing. As a guy, you I'm should have seen my bill of my sh- my flight home from, from Germany, dude. Oh, super expensive. Oh, Absolutely yeah. Nothing. It was just like swipe. I'm sorry, I'm Companies paying for it. <laughs> Companies paying for you and your like table of terrain and bunch of forge rules. <laughs> oh right, not sorry. a table. I didn't take a table. Oh, I thought I thought you I just bought your big a lot of Forge World home. Yeah, you know, I thought you bought your big resin Forge World plate things for Titanic. No, he's well. ordered those. No, no, no. Oh, I, okay, yeah, yeah, I ordered those oh, never when mind. I was it's drunk one night at like two o'clock in the morning and woke up feeling like I made a bad decision, but it was a decision. <laughs> yeah, but like the thing that's kind of funny. But too, you know, it was a drunk decision when you just like. Why wait for the whole board to come out? Let's just buy a two by four because that makes sense, right? Yes. How many times, AG, have you stated that I made a purchase when it was late at night and I was drunk? Basically, every time more than two people interested in heresy are in the same room with them, I'm pretty sure. You know, I'm, I'm trying to like legitimately think about this. <clears throat> three. <laughs> I think it's three times. One was a Leviathan. 
That wasn't a drunk purchase. That was that was a that was just like I just played a game and got my ass handed to me by a Leviathan. I'm gonna buy two of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, the table was definitely a drunk purchase. And then I bought my Eldar Titan, and it was like technically it wasn't a drunk purchase, but I needed to have a little bit of this to finally hit that last click because we've all you know we've all had very full carts in forge world yeah. and yeah. you're just like you're just oh, real <laughs> close hovering over that proceed Ooh, PayPal button. makes this extra easy I don't even oh paypal's yeah it. terrible fucking musk paypal you don't even realize the money's gone until like a week after when it finally clears it's like oh yeah right so are you gonna buy terrible financial decisions so titan. gilbert mm-hmm. serious question are you gonna buy a titan on sunday <laughs> uh, who's selling a Titan? So. Well, Pap has well, already said he, he's got okay. a warhound here, and he was just like, "Well, I might not take it home." Yeah, so just like just try to fucking for throw con- chum at fucking for, for context for all the viewers. Last year when we did this event at the Legion, I was yes, but what I got the ridiculously good deal on was we were on the last day of the tournament and we had the miniatures flea market where people were throwing down all manner of interesting shit they wanted to sell, mostly dicks. Yes, and I saw this reaver in the back corner, (laughs) and I play salamanders, and I saw this thing had, like, some sort of flame-based paint scheme and looked pretty cool. Also, he's a redhead and has a flaming crotch. Yes, and... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can't fucking argue, but... (laughs) Anyway, so I find out who this titan is from, and it was this really awesome dude named Alex, and... My boy. And talked to him... And at first he's like, oh yeah, I was looking for like, I don't want to carry this thing home because it's fucking huge. And I was looking for like, six. it's so gorgeous. I love this thing. And he was like, oh yeah, I was looking for like 600 US for it. And I was really thinking about it because I already knew that was a really good deal. I think it started at 800 US. No, he started at six. And then didn't you give him 600 Canadian? Yeah, he started at 600 US. And I was like, that's a lot. I'm thinking about it though. And he's like, what if I made a 600 Canadian? Absolutely. I just transferred yeah. him right there and took that thing home for with me. a legit Forge World Titan with yep. the papers and yeah, all. he had the card and stuff with him, and I was like, I can't say no to this. This is too good. Reaver. But yeah, a Reaver for six hundred six hundred Canadian. What is that new? Like twelve hundred? Yeah. Fourteen. Yeah. It was it was like fourteen seventy five shipped wow. with the loadout that he had and. Yeah. The thing is, he has a warhound painted. Yeah, I remember in the same you were scheme. you were looking at it, uh, like sitting in a chair, like yeah. looking at the webs at the store, and I just remember you being like, "I gotta buy it!" Like, yep. I gotta buy it!" Yep. Like, it's just too good not to buy. Yeah, but he has a warhound painted in the same scheme, and he showed us his display board today in pictures, which had the warhound on it, which was just his board is beautiful, by the way. Look for pictures of it after the event is over, and I was jokingly to him as he was leaving AJ's house today, oh yeah, I'll buy your Warhound from him too so the Titans can be back together again. And he said, oh, yeah, I might not want to take it home, so I might be spending money again in stupid ways. You just got hey, 250 who needs, who needs an education, man? Uh, I don't need no education. That's kind of how the song goes. <laughs> it's like a more drunken hobo. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I think it's a more drunken John version. What? 
All right, who's getting the drinking whiskey next? Kurt. Kurt, you fucking got to hey, do Kurt, this. Kurt, hey, Kurt. You've come all the no, way from fucking Indiana. Indiana. First time north north of the border? Yep. Yep. You're welcome. Mm. Oh, taking a little, yes. a nice Take little a swig little of that beer. bourbon. <laughs> that drinking bourbon. A bourbon. <laughs> so, Kurt, Kurt, unlike your teammate, who has left the podcasting recording to go downstairs and continue to paint. Continue to paint. You, you know, were... Uh, uh, what did, what did, what did he start? When did he start again? <clears throat> no, was it like 3.30 a.m. or something like that? No, Vicente? 6.30. Yeah. 6.30. Oh, okay, that's way different. It's not different. He's been painting. It's it's ten fifteen at night, That's what and he's been painting six six thirty. Like he just took his entire bottle. of I'm gonna go sit down in that chair on Monday, and it's gonna be molded to to Vicente's ass, not mine. <laughs> this is uncomfortable. It's just not gonna work anymore. Powerful. Okay, sorry, Kurt. Continue on, Kurt. Here. Yeah, jeez, just Jesus. just fucking ham fist that your way into that conversation. I fucked her, I fucked her bud. <laughs> so Kurt, you've got your fucking beautiful Alpha Legion, and you brought yourself a Warhound, mm-hmm. and you've got your painting partner downstairs working it out. You think he's gonna get it done? He seems to be catching up. He, he's he's like five minutes ahead of schedule, I think. Yeah, he was five minutes ahead of schedule last time we checked. <laughs> he's tracking this very precisely. He is. So like. So, yep. <laughs> fucking Kurt came up here on Wednesday, went and took him just to, because he's going to be on his feet for two days. I decided, well, Kurt likes to see, you know, he likes nature, he likes the forest, so let's go for a little hike. Took him up a mountain and, like, then took him for a, a walk downtown and, like, what, like five, ten minutes on our hike back, just like Kurt stops he, and just like, he, uh-oh. It's like, what? He it's blew like, out his my, tire. My blister, yeah, he blew out his tire. Had a huge blister, just like fucking blows out on him. So that's what I did for Kurt, coming yeah. all the way to Canada, just right before standing on your feet for two days, just give me a fat. Ass. I think we did like seventeen thousand miles each day for two days. Seventeen thousand, seventeen thousand steps. <clears throat> really? Was that much? Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a lot of steps too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a healthy quantity of steps. Yeah, it's uh, you know, well, you got to take this boy up a mountain. He's he's from Indiana. He doesn't have any of that stuff. No, we don't have no mountains. He's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I love how you're like, you're just like, come on, the accent's just fucking coming out. But well, you just throw it down and just have one. See, this is what this is what like Matt's got to come in tomorrow with his full Canadian. No, we gotta we gotta full f- Canadian accent against the Americans, and then you got to come in with your hardcore full American just accent. Lay it on real, real thick. thick. Just like, hey man, I just made like you take seventeen armor saves, eight and two. Get on full hound boo hiring on him. What are you saying, man? Exactly. (laughs) That's what I want to hear. Exactly. (laughs) I do. I can speak fluent banjo. Yeah. Yeah, Well, you, 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 you want to pass me some of that bourbon? Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll fill Matt with some of that premium. Some of that corn. Oh well, okay. It's. If anyone, if anyone like has any any shit to say about the beer selection at the Legion tomorrow, there's one good beer, and then there's one Matt Virgin beer. So <laughs> lucky you can make the decision tomorrow no, of which lucky. beer 
I chose. Is it fucking blue, bud? It's fucking Labatt blue, bud. Holy Crazy. shit, bud. You got the fancy And ball. also Vicente, because he was just like, you better have some fucking Labatt or Molson product at your fucking event, because I'm not coming all the way from the bottom of the fucking states. Come up to Canada and you not have some fucking oh, bad. Oh, you heard your first buns. We get the. He was so things. jacked to go to the bar in fucking Edmonton and drink, look, <laughs> drink Molson Canadian. Like for us as Canadians, it's oh. like that's basically like oh. an say to an Australian oh. being like, oh yeah, where's Fosters. your Fosters at? Right? Yeah. Like, we don't drink that shit out here. No. We drink beer. Lucky. Lucky. That's oh, right. No. Yeah. No, Kayla's. We drink. Premium beer. We drink shitty kitty out here. Oh, <laughs> and, and, and bourbon. Inserts finger into bourbon shot, trying to make a point. <laughs> we drink this shit. <laughs> <laughs> this shit right here. Oh yeah. But no, I'm pretty sure Virgin has a very cultured, so. cosmopolitan exterior, which I'm pretty sure is soluble <laughs> in alcohol. Oh yeah. Oh my god, I can't look at it. It's like. Okay, Teo, so can we take like mo- can we take finesse like <laughs> model shots of you? I just want to take I want to do it's that. It's not even that bad. Hair it's sweat. Not we gotta hair. put a fan in front of him and then so loop it. Blowing. Okay, so to explain well, the scene we're witnessing so right much here. Thank you, Gilbert. It should, Enlighten it's us. It's like oh, you have long hair, so it almost looks like you're just like a. It looks so trashy. Like it looks so trashy. Anyway, I mean, I mean that in the best possible way too. As I was saying, Matt Virgin, uh, I look like a lot of the douchey musicians I hang out with sometimes. Holy yeah. shit, you really do. About to call the manager. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or my name's Karen. I'm about to call the manager. <laughs> so. <laughs> so for those of you paying attention to the Boys of the Golden Throne Facebook page earlier, there was a brief live feed of. Teo paying penance for his shame by frosting his tips. He just walked back in fully clothed for the first time in several hours. (laughs) Never mind, I was wrong. (laughs) No, those are shorts. No, no, those aren't shorts. Those are his pineapple sacks. You don't need need, need to do a Captain Morgan. Anyway, he's he's back in here wearing a collar shirt and his pineapple sacks with (laughs) extremely frosted tips, which... These were supposed to be his shame. I don't. He's, he's somehow true. rocking it, and See, I don't the, know how. But this is the problem about this is how like John. This is me and John's problem is that there's nothing that we could ever do to Teo that would ever shame. be shameful for him. Well, the only thing you could do is force him to act like a normal human being for a day. Teo is oh, either Teo is That's either. It. You guys are you thinking might. in the wrong direction. You can't, <laughs> you can't make a man with no sense of self-consciousness be ashamed by forcing him to do things that would bother a man with self-consciousness. I would. I you would have to make him to act know, like he gives a shit. He's either our Chris Farley or he is our Burt Kreischer. I don't know which one. <laughs> Strong Burt Kreischer. I'm much sexier than either of those guys. I would agree with that. <laughs> but... I don't know, Kreischer has the charisma thing going for him, though. Even if he is built like a brick shithouse. <laughs> I don't know who this person is, but does he have the singing sure voice like... Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. No one's got the singing voice like Teo. No. no, he just has really good stories of partying with the Russian mafia. You should oh, look yeah. up that story. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. What, Teo does? No, no Bert Kreischer, Kreischer does. Kreischer. Oh. 
I want Teo to have the fucking story. He is the machine. I am called the Big Red Machine. Bert Kreischer is the actual machine. I know Bert Kreischer, but I've never been able to stand his stand-up long enough to hear the machine story. Just look up the machine story. On its own, it's fantastic. I've never watched his actual stand-up, but it's... That's pretty hard. On its own, it's one of the most amazing stories I've heard from a person. It's just fucking excellent. I want to listen to that. All right. Well... You heard it here first, uh, Bocchichi listeners. Bert Kreischer's The Machine. Also, listen to Theo Vaughn if you want good comedy. Um, I think, uh, do we have anywhere else to go from this? Or do we I, I don't know, John. You were on we're a roll there. And we're on a roll. You, you, so you I, think, I think we can give her, I think we're going to give her, uh, the end of the night here, but I think we're going to come back soon for some heresy after dark. Well, soon. Live from the deuce. It's going to be soon for them. Time. It's going to be like. In our time, it'll be like. 24 hours. hours. 24 hours. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Should yeah. we, should we do more once we've had time to get good and soused? What, it could tonight? be funny, yeah. <laughs> no, that's yeah. gonna happen tomorrow. No, we should do more tonight. It'll be great. I promise. It's just gonna be. It's just gonna be. <laughs> we can just like. I like this. We'll just we'll, we'll just edit in. We'll edit in a little clip of Jay snoring downstairs, <laughs> and that that will be the next round, and just, then we'll come back for like day one. Just come in, night. slap that record button, and something will happen. Anything will happen with Everything will happen. Alright. So until then, or tomorrow, we'll talk to you later. Yeah, yeah! (laughs) And that's all, folks.